Hello listeners, you are listening to the Kings of Punk podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tyler Hammer, and I'm joined, as almost always, with my co-host, Jake Razor. Hello there. And Gary U.S. Bombs. Hi. We have an exciting episode. It's a sequel episode, some might say, and it's a, it's an episode that's filled with, you know, betrayal, murder, death, family, love. Yes, that is correct. We are talking about Snow. Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Oh. <laughs> a great film that features all of those things. Yeah. The forest. I said snow. The, is there snow in it? Um, no, there's water. It's more of a tropical Snow climate. is water. No snow. You know? But That's there true. is forest. I mean, the Navi people, some may say, are kind of like uh, uh, black metalers. You know, they love the, like, they love the forest. They love, uh, you know. Like Scandinavians, yeah. They love uh, trees. They love stories. They love they love stories. They like, um, what else? Uh do they believe in that like everything is connected via a tree or something like that? In in like Nordic or Germanic paganism, the there's Yggdrasil, the world tree, and that connects Midgard, which is Earth and Asgard, where the gods Dang. are, and Hell, which is Hell and whatever the world that the dwarves live in. There might hey, be one or two other ones. Awa is no different than Yggdrasil, you know. You know, Probably. So. I mean, these are archetypes that we see all over. In this three-hour YouTube video about uh, Black Metal and uh, Avatar's uh, franchise, we're going to be talking. <laughs> but no, we are talking about Black Metal Part Two: uh, Rise of the Rise of the the, the Black Chaos Metal. Lords. Rise of the Chaos Lords. Yeah, that works. Black Metal Part Two: Rise the, of the Chaos yeah, Lords. Yeah, the way I put it earlier was that. Uh, I guess what people call second wave black metal, I think of that as black metal that was and is understood as black metal. Whereas when yeah. people talk about first wave black metal, that typically, in my experience and to my understanding, means like something like Venom or the first Mayhem record or any of the things we talked about, Hellhammer, all stuff in their first episode where it's like looking back, you can identify it as being part of this uh, trend, but no one would have called it that at the time and it doesn't really sound like what you would typically think of when you think of this genre. Yeah, what do you what do you do generally agree, Tim? I mean Yeah, I mean, you know, you're not gonna listen to Merciful Fate and then be like, Oh, black metal band. Yeah. I get that. Um yeah, usually it seems that around I, I guess if we're gonna divide it by years, like around and again, nothing it's amorphous, nothing is, is concrete, it's all gray. Uh, like late 87, 88, you know, 88 is kind of 88, maybe to 89, somewhere around yeah, that time. That's I, when, like, the second wave starts. I think, like, the Death Crush is kind of both the Death Crush by Mayhem record we discussed previously ends both ends the first wave and starts the second one is how I kind of think about this genre. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, what were you going to say, Tim? Oh, I agree. Okay. That's all. So, we're talking second wave, folks. Um, and second wave does have a very there's going to be there's a very noticeable story that we didn't talk about at all in the first one. Um, we talked a little bit about it, um, the story of like mayhem and the Norwegian scene and like what happened with Hieronymus, uh, Varg Vikernes, um, or how do they how do you pronounce it? Vikernes, 
We watched. We were watching um, that Norwegian documentary. I think Vikernes, maybe. Vikernes. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's Vikernes. That's how we pronounce it. So I assume that's wrong. Yeah, I think that that sounds wrong. Um, we got you know we got the um, Arseth Oystein, and uh, who is the Euronymous, who is the general member of Mayhem, who the found one of the founding members, who really pushed the band. And really, he's he's really yeah. the ringleader of this whole uh, circus show yeah. we're going to talk about today. I mean, the Mayhem story that's become, uh, I mean, that's Hollywood covered that with the Lords of Chaos movie, which, aside from talking about that story, to my understanding, is very little in common with the Lords of Chaos book, which I generally recommend. Yeah, the book is kind of, I've been reading the book. I did skip like some stuff because it would just be like, all right, now we're going to go back and talk about the church burnings again. It's like, Jesus fucking, like, stop. Like, come on, man. Like, Muff. it was really getting annoying. Um, I was kind of getting sick of it. But, like, I think it might be different if you're, like, not very familiar with it. Like, you'd have it. Like, if I, if I was, like, 20 when I was reading that, I'd have a different opinion on it, probably. Yeah. But, but 88, we have a little bit of change in mayhem. I think we should start off with maybe some uh, lineup changes, right? Yes. So Mannheim, the drummer that was on Death Crush, he leaves. And Maniac leaves as well. So it's Necro Butcher and Euronymous. And then they get Dead, the famous singer. Real name Per Olin, formerly of a death metal band in Sweden. He's Swedish, band, well, correct? It's not, yeah, it's like a metal, extreme metal band from Sweden. Yeah. And uh, to Morbid, he's on the pretty, you know, people like that one demo, November, uh, November Moon or November something November like Rain. November Rain. Yeah. And uh, they get, that's when Hellhammer joins as well. So kind of funny that he just took his stage name from a band he liked. Yeah. Like. Pretty confusing. Imagine if you named your, like, your name was like Burzum or something like that. Like the Beatles. Be really funny. Yeah. My name's the Beatles. Yeah, I'm Judas the Priest. <laughs> I'm Metallica. Actually, yeah, that's a, <laughs> we are gonna do that. Hello, we I am Bob. Do, yeah, well, we talked about doing head, like different head. I'm gonna be Pantera head. Oh, I'll. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, Tim, you should take the Beatles. The yeah, Beatles. I'll be the Beatles. <laughs> so, Mayhem has a little bit of a lineup change. You know, Dead comes from Sweden to live in Norway to be in this band. He was like, what, 20-something? Early 20s? I, dude, I don't even think. May, maybe, maybe like He was 18. probably a young adult. Everybody we're talking about here is pretty young. Euronymous was the oldest one, and I think he died when he was like 25. 24, 25, yeah. So yeah. going back like six years from there, yeah, he was like 18 or some shit like that. But I, yeah, 88, there's uh, I'm trying to think. You know, they, it's funny. Mayhem doesn't really do a lot of stuff. Not after Death Crush. Then, you know, not for a while. I know. Th- I watched part of a documentary called Once Upon a Time in Norway about this. And the... I'm trying to remember which is which. Sorry. Uh, so Necro Butcher, he had left the band by that point? No, he was still in the band. I think it was that guy talking about their influences and shit and saying... Or no, it was Hellhammer was talking about it. And, and this was something we speculated on in the first episode. And, and he kind of confirmed it. He's talking about what they were into, and he, he mentioned Venom, obviously, but he also, he said, we're into punk, anything extreme. It was just all about extreme music, even synth, as he put it, which would confirm the Tangerine Dream obsession or whatever, just like 
a- anything that was as far out and extreme and unpalatable as possible. And I, I believe it was, in that case, then Necro Butcher was the one that just joined. No, Necro Butcher has, was in the band. He le- he's, I think, an OG member, too. Okay. What, one of them was saying he had met those other guys at... That was probably Hellhammer, then. Yeah, he it was at a... By, he, so, Necro Butcher leaves. So, it's those two probably know this. Dead kills himself in 91. We'll get to that. And I believe Necro Butcher leaves pretty shortly after that and it be kind of because of that okay that makes that makes sense then yeah it was it was some guy who looks like a skinhead now and he was saying he met met uh Euronymous and the other dude at uh which show was it it was it was it was an acdc concert in oslo of all things <laughs> and he saw two guys with venom patches and he was like well i never see anyone else with that and they just became friends immediately so you're talking about this is uh the the uh, the modern member no, no, no. This was back back in the day. Oh, okay. it must have been okay. Hellhammer. It was, it was AC, yeah, it was an ACDC concert yeah. in '84, or maybe it was Necro Butcher then. I think it was. Yeah, I think I had it backwards. Or like some of them, right? Manheim. Hellhammer. He's not the original drummer, is he? No, no. Manheim was the original drummer. Okay, yeah, it's probably Hellhammer then. Yeah, yeah. They have they have a slightly confusing lineup. I they guess. have a pretty fucking confusing lineup, which but, maybe speaks yeah. to the kind of people they are and how easy they were to get along with. I think. Um, also, like something I don't, I don't think we touched too much on. I think that is important. Like the going to concerts thing, you hear, you read and hear that a lot with these like older stuff. Like ah, they're at like a yeah, yeah Merciful Fate or something like that. ACDC, Jews <laughs> Priest, Metallica or something like Led that. Led Zeppelin, like, and they met them and maybe they had you know all right, let's go to the fucking concert. Let's bring our bed demo tapes so we can hand them out. Right, right, right. You know, I yeah. think a lot of people did that back in the day because like where else there was no there was no internet. Like zines as they were maybe even like a couple years later, we're talking like the mid kind of late eighties weren't like as like popular again. You still had to like be able to get one. So it doesn't really matter. So the average person, you know, all right, everyone's going to go to this big metal concert. Let's go there. You know, it's everybody's going to the deep purple show. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's going to the blaze Bailey Iron Maiden show tonight. <laughs> to trade their tapes. <laughs> During such classic hits like um, "Man on the Edge" and uh, "Angel and the Gambler," <laughs> all right, yeah. During the during the one of on the fifteenth rendition of the chorus in "Angel and the Gambler," well, that's uh, when I'll that's the code to hand out as many tapes as you want. <laughs> Getting a headache just thinking about that shitty fucking song that I didn't don't know you know I'm a to me. Don't you know I can save ya? Don't you think I can save your life? You're on, yeah, only Euronymous. Euronymous never heard that, too. Isn't that sad? Well, see, he probably wouldn't like it. He'd be like, oh, the angel is... I need it to be the devil and the, the gambler. He also probably wouldn't like it because it sucks. Oh, <laughs> no, I think he would. See, I mean, would... if they were in an ACDC concert before that, dude, <laughs> that's like that's like an ACDC song. It's the same shit. Yeah, I mean, Varg would be like... I hate it because uh, gambling is bad. That is what the degenerates would do. So that's in his fucking book, (laughs) That is what, like, the Pakis and Moroccans would do. While they sip the Coca-Cola and eat the kebab. So we have a couple bands starting to form around this time. Uh, Old Funeral, 88. That's the pre-immortal... And Burzum Band. It's with Vickerness. With Vickerness and Abbott and Demonaz, I believe. And I to some degree, at some point. I don't think they're all it's not like all of them were like, hey, let's do it. 
they it was like a band of a bunch of different people and like some of them come come came and went as like time went on and i, I always heard hear them described as a death metal band and it sounds like that but it's definitely i think a lot of this stuff from the late 80s early 90s like it's still forming into what we call black metal and a lot of it has like tropes from death metal and shit you would expect in an old funeral varg is playing guitar and you can definitely hear the kind of zany shit you hear in burzum later he's playing a lot of weird chords Mm-hmm. Uh, dissonant notes and shit that is is not really standard for any genre of metal at the time. I, I don't know if that's Voivod influence or what. Uh, annoyingly, him and a lot of these other people, when they talk about their influences, they either mention the band Venom or the Devil, or in Varg's case, uh, paganism oh, and being racist or whatever. I, I like a <laughs> scary book with uh, about the ring. Uh, oh yeah, that's the, true. Uh, Living tree with uh, elf. Yeah, this is that's what it all just sounds like to me. That is something that I didn't even get to that part, but um, in the Lords of Chaos, but like a lot of the interviews in, especially in Lords of Chaos, are just like either they're lying or like Varg in particular loves to like give like a million reasons why he does something. Like he's like the Steven Seagal of black metal, where he can just. Oh my um, God. He'll yeah. like literally say anything and like, you know, he'll be like, and that is the truth. That That he, is how it is. His early career puts out some of the greatest action movies in the world. You and know, some of the, uh, right. And then like with Varg, he put some of the greatest black metal albums in yeah. the world. And I mean, then, uh, to be and then f- they put out their, they each have their own personal Dottie Baldur's. Yeah, I don't know what Steven Seagal's is. To be but. fair, uh, Seagal's uh, that, that's my broom. I don't. I don't think Varg's have. He's made some pretty strange music. Some of it is a lot less good than others. I don't think any of it is a, is bad as, for instance, the movie A Good Man, or like about twenty five other Seagal movies other than the first four or so. Nor is he put out a good as good a song as Alligator Ass. So I mean, yes, you know, it evens out. It evens. Yeah. out. He doesn't have really a track with Lady Saw where he tries to sound Jamaican. Hell. <laughs> yeah, Varg does not want the Punani. But yes, he does have the bullshitter gene and the contradicting himself constantly thing. Like, it's insane. He's like kind of, he'll be like wearing a hat and they'll be, and somebody will be like, oh, nice hat. And he'll be like, what the, there is no hat. What hat? Yeah, exactly. Do you speak? Oh, hey, well, how was that hat? What was that hat you were wearing earlier that I what saw? Hat? What do you mean? What hat? I don't believe you saw a hat. I've never owned one in my life. Actually, uh, uh, hats are a... I'm not even going to get into it. <laughs> we know... <laughs> we, we, yeah, I know where you're going with this. I know he's an arsonist, but he's also a gaslighter is what we're getting at. Yeah. <laughs> he is the fire starter. He is oh, the troublemaker. <laughs> Damn. So, let's see here. So, what I think I want to do for our listeners is um, play a song because you know 88 89 there's a lot of different things going like i said mayhem not really a thing like they are playing shows like they play a, a decent amount of shows like more than like most black metal bands that seem to around this time yeah like they even talked about like a little bit of a tour um but and like see that stuff is more interesting to me than like I don't care about, like... Yeah, like the dumb Lord of the Rings I, shit. I, I don't give a shit. I want to hear, like... Tell me stuff that I won't be able to look up, because, like... I was trying to look up a... If you try to look up any old, like, metal tour, you can't find anything. So, that's... It's frustrating, ah. but... Uh, a band from this time period, this early first second wave scene, that I think is important, is a band Blasphemy. And... 
they formed they're a Canadian band, I believe, from like either Vancouver or Edmonton, somewhere on the west coast. Or like Victoria, maybe something, something like that. that. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to know to what extent if you know, and again, it's hard to get info on a lot of this stuff, were they yeah. aware of Mayhem or any of this extreme metal in Europe, or were they kind of developing th- this in isolation? I think they were aware, because so... I assume there was some tape trading or was, something going on. There was a... I mean, Canada has, like, a pretty solid metal scene in and of itself. You know, you got bands like Sacrifice, you got bands like Voivod or something like that. Um, you have your slaughters. Slaughter. So Your Cryptopsies. But, ba- you know, what have you. Now, Blasphemy had been kind of a band to some degree from, like, 84. They were doing different names. And then I think around, like, 86, they were like, let's call ourselves Blasphemy. And they put out a demo, Blood Upon the Altar, in 89. Now, before that, this band called Witch's Hammer had put out a couple demos and an EP from, like, 85 to, like, 87. So that was, like, probably, and they were, I think, from a similar area, um... They're kind of like their contemporaries. They're like, I think maybe a little bit older in the, to a degree. And they played some, I know they played like one of their first shows with them in like 88. But like, as far as other black metal stuff, that's a, I don't know. I was reading an interview with them. Um, and it was mostly about how like they would constantly get like stabbed um, and get into fights. Um, <laughs> Again, I, with the lying, you know, making. No, I. We they have like star- they have like scars and stuff like that, so I can believe that. Um, and also, they're like oh, they got scars. They're big guys. They're from like fucking can. They're from can. I, I oh, I'm older. sorry. I thought you were talking about uh, Norwegians. No, no, Blas- this is Blas- about Yeah, there's some crazy townies over there. I'm sure. And um, yeah, like I think uh, Black Winds was talking about getting stabbed in like the neck, you know, by a dude. He's got like a gnarly fucking neck neck scar. But I think. What was it again? I don't know. I really don't know how connected it was. I think they were like familiar with sarcophago, okay, because that's where I think they got like their paint from. And yeah, very similar. I think it's where a lot of their sound must have come from too. I think a lot of their sound came from that. And I'm imagining they were aware of like some of those bands around the time, like maybe Mayhem. At, maybe, maybe like, not though, because I don't hear this that sound as much with Blasphemy. That's true. Like, yeah, because they don't have like the shrieky like. Ah, you know high vocals yeah. that like maniac had so but it is interesting that i was reading about like why they decided to go as like black metal skinheads is because they decided we're like we're gonna shave our heads one of one of them had their sh- a shaved head they're like let's all shave our heads we're different we're not gonna have like long hair like metal right. guys um so i think that is interesting but i want to play a song from the blood upon the altar demo which came out in 89 so i can kind of show people you know because I think a lot of people don't listen to that record. They listen to Fallen Angel of Doom, which came out in 90. Blood Upon the Altar kind of sounds better in a production standpoint. I think I've only I've only heard Fallen Angel. So let's let's listen to, I think Ritual is on that. That's a sick song. So we're going to listen to that. Yeah! 
little bit of we're getting into the you know black metal ritual with uh some blasphemy definitely i had only listened to that fallen angel lp before it is cr- crazy how the much better the production is on that demo that i we just listened to i am assuming that was somewhat deliberate because i know that once as the black metal scene progressed it became a sort of a hallmark of the genre to make your record sound really bad so maybe that has something yeah. to do with it I, I, would, I think so. I, yeah, I would also say if you showed this to me, I understand why we're talking about it in a historical context, but like if I had never heard that band before and you showed them to me, it wouldn't cross my mind to call it black metal because... Just call it, it like death metal or something? Yeah, death metal or grindcore or somewhere between the two. It is interesting because on the Gods of War, they do have like those grindcore songs. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like yeah. a couple like short, really short like songs. I think, like, it, the and we'll talk about this as we get into some of the Scandinavian stuff, but I think the hallmarks of the black metal genre in my mind or in most people's minds come from the Scandinavian scene. And, and, and really the big thing I don't hear in Blasphemy is the sort of the uh, Nordic-y sounding guitar leads, the spooky guitar leads. What do you mean? Wait, what do you mean? I'm sorry. Like the they the, don't have that, not like Dark Throne does. No, not really. No, no they have the chaotic like yeah, exactly. Bat f- flying out of a you know a cave, a cave like you know shriek, shrieking like yeah. They got like dive bombs and stuff, but I'm talking about that like Transylvanian hunger, like the miserable sounding guitar leads. Yeah, no, they're definitely going at a different in a from a different approach. Um, yeah, which is why I kind of think they might have not had a lot of contact with any of these people in Scandinavia. Yeah, I mean, they probably liked. I mean, again, what they might have liked a lot of some of that stuff. Yeah, sure later on, maybe not earlier on, if I were to guess. Yeah, I, I'm assuming when they were like manufacturing their own like identity, they were just like trying because another thing that Euronymous talks about, and some of them talk about in uh, Lords of Chaos book, is like not like thinking like the death metal stuff is all shitty and it's like this like this is like 89 and 90 it's like god damn we haven't even like death metal has like just started as like a, a genre in a sense you know yeah like it's kind of crazy how like he's already thinking like morbid angel is like big sweatpants you know yeah they are part of big sweatpants they're they're paid by big sweatpants and, <laughs> they, and they loafers. have skateboard tour but I'm I'm assuming like Euronymous and some of them were aware of blasphemy. To probably it, they it were probably like aware you, of that. Yeah. I mean, if they put records out, then probably. I mean, it's, and yeah. even on the whatever tape circuit he might have been involved with. I, I given that we know someone in Rochester who like traded tapes and shit with Mayhem, then like I would assume they definitely was that who's that? Demo. That's John Schoen. Oh really? Yeah, Damn, he was crazy. in contact with them in like late '80s, early '90s. I think late '80s, like Death Crush era. Wow. 
That's yep. that's crazy. Yeah, Morbid Angel should have really gotten on the whole like suit of armor thing, you know, like the black metal bands were doing. Yeah. Get those suits. Yeah. Of well, armor. Or like chainmail and sweatpants. That's a good middle ground. That's a good there combo. Oh yeah, it's it's kind of kind of kind of combines comfy and like and brutal and you brutal. Just, you just look like a schizophrenic person. I mean, I thought that was just standard European fashion. <laughs> I mean, just uh, maybe a couple bands don't have to get too far. Honorable mentions, yeah. of this air air time, um, Demoncy from the United States. That's not a band that's like talked about like almost ever. That's like one of the first like U.S. bands. Like from like eighty nine, um, you got like Order from Chaos. I mentioned them last time. Uh, people might know them because Peter Helmkamp was uh, in did uh, Angel Corpse and was also in Revenge, um, which I prefer that those bands more than from Order of Chaos. But again, early band that was doing the black metal thing in America. Uh, in America, Crucifier from uh, Virginia, I believe. Uh, Sathanas, who Sathanas, who we're playing with, uh, yeah, and, uh, they're an OG. My correct in my assumption that these bands though didn't, to your knowledge, call themselves black metal at this point, because that would be remarkable. It's I didn't possible think until because later. it's possible that they did and were aware. I'm assuming they were kind of aware because we're talking like 88, 89. Like I think that they were aware. Like black metal was a different thing than death metal. And I think it was more of an ed- sonically, it might be not that much different. Like your average person absolutely would not know what the difference is. No, no. But I think they were still trying. Like some of these bands were trying to establish themselves, like aesthetically, and like maybe with some more of the nuances of the genres, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it's possible some of them called. But my understanding was a lot of this stuff like because death metal had become a more clearly defined genre at this point these kind of bands you're talking about would have to be separate from it. I just, I haven't been able to get a good answer anywhere on like mm-hmm. if they call, cause it's hard to, uh, this, the fanzines and stuff or whatever scene they had is not as well documented as I'd like it to be. I, I yeah. would be curious to know if they called themselves black metal. Cause it's That's true. My understanding was that that term sort of came into the public consciousness with the uh, hysteria surrounding uh, mayhem and Burzum a little bit later on. Well, this is like, uh, you know, as we maybe talked about, it's kind of uh, this time, the, the 80s, late 80s especially, is kind of a weird time for like genre tags. Because like yeah. a, maybe a good uh, example is like people calling stuff like thrash when it comes to like hardcore in like totally, the late 80s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or like, um, I believe even the term deathcore. Was yeah. the thing, and that was like it's that was what they would call like grindcore bands. Yeah. So, who knows? Like again, I think it's kind of like maybe you bestowed it upon yourself. Like we play black metal. Like you would say that maybe in an interview or something like that. I wish we. I wish I had the Slayer Mag Diaries. Yeah. Because um, that would be a little. Cause you can could have read read, uh, read some of that. But I mean, like even like that band Demi Lich. There's like a promo for them from like '92 or something like that, and it's like. It says like they're techno core or something like that. What techno death metal or something like that? It's what like, they mean? They mean technical. They mean technical. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, no, mate, that's how they thought the word technical was said. Like, oh, I love techno death metal. It is very techno. <laughs> and so we see it now. And we're like, yeah, that's fucking stupid and it's like, like kind of dumbest, like stupidest, most European thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> it's, hey, it's European. But, it's gonna sound like shit. 
around this time, so let's say 1990, uh, you know, these bands, ba- bands have, some of these bands, people have been playing in bands of some sort. Like I said, Old Ode Funeral and stuff like Old that. Old Funeral. Um, yeah, Burzum, he was doing Urukai. I believe he just started to start his own like solo uh, project. Yeah, 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 which would become what Burzum was. Basically. Um, Bathory in 1990 puts out Hammerheart, which I listened to the first time today. Man, rough. Oh, terrible? I do not. Have you ever heard that? No. Gee, it's like full Viking metal. It's like singing. And it's got one of the worst like drum Does it machines. have a lute? I don't I didn't I didn't listen I only, I skipped around but I don't I don't think I heard a loop but it was like so maybe not full viking metal but like there's like no black metal influence like it doesn't sound from, like um even like bloodfire death I I got to listen to it from the way you described it it sounds like sounds like I would like it minus the fact that you said all the songs are like 15 minutes long Yeah that's like another thing like Ugh. some of the songs are like long as hell and it's like I don't I, I, I can't li- I can't be listening to like ten minute long songs, Corthon. Sorry. No, no. Give me like a short Viking song. Give yeah. me a good Viking, uh, uh, nice medley where you go yo ho and he ho and who yo-ho knows yo ho and he ha ha. And then you do the little Amana Marth or rowing thing and look like a huge nerd and oh jeez. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's all does, you got to do. When does Amana Marth form? Early nineties, I think. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, I know. I, 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 might even be like 91 or 92, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we got to talk about them. Another band, or a couple bands that I maybe want to talk about too. Um, first, uh, the band Rotting Christ from Greece. I think that's an interesting band because they, like some of the later Norwegian bands, started out playing something different. They were playing grindcore stuff and then ended up playing black metal. You see that a lot. Like a lot of bands like maybe kind of, Again, they maybe like death metal or something like that. Hopped on the trend. They hop, hop on a trend. It's trendy. So they played something different. Um, a band that I think is very sick that's kind of underrated. Uh, foreign, another foreign band, uh, uh, Sabbath from Japan. And they formed in like the, ooh, I think like the mid 80s or something, like late 84 or so. Um, so they were around for a while. Um, and then. They put out, I mean, they have a classic album, 91, 92, this album, and Venom, and then the album Evoke. Great albums. You should nice absolutely one listen to them. Punch. But if we're talking before that, a they have they put out a couple demos and EPs, and I think the EP, The Devil's Sperm is Cold, is pretty sick. It's like two songs. So I'm going to play the song Immortality of the Soul. I'll give you guys a listen. This is 18, 1989. So again, I don't think the mayhem influence. I don't even that. I don't know if they went over to Japan. That's an interesting. I don't thing. think that band ever went to Japan. Or I mean, they, maybe they've gone since then. But back then, there's there's that, no, way. no I've way. Never heard anything about that. I mean, I do know that like Japanese bands around this time were playing in like the UK. That yeah. I do know. Yeah, but they got a copy of something there. Who knows? Even though there were not very many Death Crush, it was a thousand copies of Death Crush. I think they put, and those yeah. sold out quickly, so it got around. I mean, not out of the question. So let's listen to what "Immortality of the Soul" by Sabbath from got Japan. It.
And yeah, that was uh, Sabbath. And, uh, you know, showing off their brutal black thrash kind of style that they were doing uh, back in the late 80s. And, you know, still kind of do, I think, maybe to this day, I think. Yeah, for the most part. That's what I'm saying. Like, so. regardless of influences or people hearing each other, it's like, so from a more mundane perspective, I would say, like, if you're into thrash metal and you don't want to soften it, you're you know, you don't want to go black album route, Metallica route. No. Or even more like the, I feel like Thrash at that point was kind of going in like a more like proggy route. Where yeah, like, yeah. You Proc, know, long, technical. like eight, eight, nine minute long songs, like a billion kinda, parts. I mean, Megadeth isn't quite like that, but more virtu- yeah, virtual like kind of thing. Atheist, yeah. I mean, a lot of bands did it. I mean, you know, I kind of feel like, um, you know, like Injustice for All. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one, there's like that one Dark Angel album. That have, oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Like, just a lot yeah. of shit like that. Yeah, if you don't want to do that, you kind of have to do what, like, what we just heard, you know? And uh, I also think there might have just been something in the air in the world, man. The zeitgeist, as they say, something evil was rising, something more extreme, especially as the world headed towards, like, the end of the Cold War, which was supposed to and run. Then, yeah. You know who rose at that time? Who? Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. A sadistic God. man. A, true, a truly was. demonic, a, a true... Uh, a demonic figure in black. A sadistic <laughs> uh, count, like uh, like, count, Varg, like, yeah. like Count Grishnak. <laughs> like yeah. Count Grishnak, yeah. Count Clintonak. <laughs> you know. It's interesting how it lines up. We're entering, yeah, as we enter what was supposed to be the end of history, you know, unprecedented peace and prosperity across the world. Uh, that brought with it a sense of uh, anime, you know, people feeling like something was wrong. Social bonds were going to dissolve like i don't know things get really quiet and you just want to scream it's like we're closing in on that you had you had something you wanted to bring up tim yeah another good band in this in this second wave era that i feel like is you know actually i don't i don't think they're really rated that much rated at all yeah you're talking make sure you're talking into mike a little bit sorry sorry uh sadistic execution yeah, from Australia. Uh, their first album came out in 91, but uh, so this was recorded in 1988. And, and they, were, uh, they were around They were around from the from a minute. Since I think 86, I want to say, is when they formed. Yeah, see, a lot of the, again, going back to, like, a lot of these bands were doing stuff, like, in band, like, playing. They just needed a solid, you know, five, six years to get a fucking yeah. full length. Well, I mean, that's yeah. what it seems like, straight up. Sadistic yeah. Execution is one of those bands where I can only really describe it as extreme metal. Like, not mm-hmm. I, it's not like death metal. It's not quite black metal, but it's I fucking mean, extreme. I, it's scary. I think you could even really call it war metal, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's, that's like, a good way to put it. It's that, like, again, uh, there's, like, so... Excuse me. There's, like, a couple camps that are, like, forming already within black metal for the second wave, and it kind of really emerges after the end of the second wave. Um, and it's, like, war metal. You got that. Like the heavier shit, like the Heavy. brutal, you know, impaled Nazarene, you know, yeah, uh, blasphemy, all that kind of stuff. And Sadistic we, execution. We hear, Beha- you know, Beharit kind of, you know, contributes that to right, too. Weird. That that you know, conclu- not concludes, but like, if I was gonna say, like, what's like the third wave, like, progenitors of that? I mean, my mind immediately goes to like Conqueror or something like that. That's like the mid '90s. You know, that's yeah. like. Again, from the not the ashes of like a band like Blasphemy, but like absolutely 100% inspired by it. I mean, they were also from Canada, so that also helps. Um, and then you have like it's hard to put place mayhem in all this 
because there's not really any bands that sound like May. Do you think there's any bands that sound like Mayhem from like like from eighty eight to like ninety one? Really? No, I think they created their own milieu that took them a few years for the rest of the milieu to coalesce. I think and them that, and Burzum kind of are that, like that, yeah, well, and a few obscure ones, but that that became like proper black metal when well, that I, happened. I kind of feel like they're like they 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 even changed their style up because like the like Death Crush, to me that sounds like a like a clearly like like what with Necro Butcher was saying like a almost punk hardcore influence. Yeah, black yeah. metal. I can see that. And then you know you listen to De Mysterious Dom Satanas, and it's like. Well, I mean, that's just straight up. That's black you know metal. sounds like that's like black metal. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I, yeah, I, I I get it. And then there's you know other bands incorporating like other other different like elements and stuff like that. Like you know with the Norse mythology and stuff like that with bands like Enslaved. Yeah, and Enslaved is, is Enslaved is a pretty early one. I think they started after Burzum and Mayhem, and their first yeah their first or their first tape which I like a lot. I just heard it in preparation for this episode called uh, Yggdrasil. That's a really fucking good tape. Um, we could we get some of that other stuff. Do we want to uh, talk about the mayhem shit first? Yeah, let's, sort let's of what tackle came. the main story here. Because it's like very shortly after they started, uh, after like Live at Leipzig, that was released in 1990, right, I believe? No, that didn't get released in like 93 or something like that. Oh shit! Well, but well, it was recorded. They they were again they were playing shows. So yeah, it, it after they started playing around with Dead, and then Dead was Dead. That's when you, I think, to my understanding, you start to see bands like Thorns and Enslaved mm-hmm. and all that kind of shit. And in terms of the the thematic material, like Enslaved was on the Nordic paganism thing pretty early. Contrary to what Varg likes to say now, most of these other bands, a huge component of what they were doing is uh, Satanism, like being like, we are satanic. This is yeah. uh, about Satan, which is different than Nordic paganism, as we'll get to in a little bit. I think with this, um, some notable things with Dad, um, he, everyone uh, seems to agree that he was like pretty depressed and miserable, didn't want to be alive, didn't like yeah. living. Um also coupled with the fact that like it seems that uh Euronymous was like one of the worst roommates you could ever be like yeah he didn't give a shit that is like he thought it was awesome when people died basically. yeah i i think something really that really kind of bothered me about reading the lords of chaos book especially i mean i feel like i've knew maybe i knew about this already so uh Euronymous not really caring that like his like bandmate and friend died and i put that in quotation marks yeah like oh, i had to buy he, when he found his body he got he went to go leave and get a camera then came back took pictures cleaned it up a little bit like took some of the skull parts and then like called the police yeah and i i also read um somewhere online i wasn't able to like corroborate this anywhere but i believe that it's true uh that the 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 bullets that he used to blow his brains out were mailed to him by a pen pal they had by that point named uh, Christian Vickernace. Yes. Um, later Varg, later Kraut, Count Grishnok, and then Varg Vickernace. Kraut so Vishnar. That does answer, like, er, so early 90s, like, 1990 was, I think, when they first came in contact with Varg. Yeah. But it was only by mail. It's worth noting they had moved. They were from some small town in Sweden or Norway. Dad was from Sweden. In any case, they, him and 
uh, Euronymous both moved to Oslo and yeah. got a flat together. Uh, Varg was still living, and he didn't go by that name yet, regardless. Vikernes was living still in Bergen, which is a little, a smaller city, more pastoral, kind of isolated in Norway. Yeah. And he had by mail come into contact with them, I think, because he knew the record label, Death Like Silence, that was Euronymous's label. And Euronymous, I believe, knew of Old Funeral and. Uh, which was Varg's death metal band, and you know they knew he him probably well. He probably knew about him from Mayhem. Yeah, that's yeah. like sign. So that was or actually Poser Corpse. That's what it was called prior. Yeah, to be calling it Death Like Silence, which uh, then he like changes it to Death Like Silence in like ninety because he puts out that he puts out a Merciless record, mm-hmm. uh, death metal band from Sweden. He talks about how when he opens the shop, the Helvet shop or Hell. Yeah, um, he had to because there wasn't a lot of black metal records back then. Uh, again, which kind of like goes maybe goes back to the thing we were talking about, where it's like people were people calling it that. Like, was this something that was assigned to you to a degree? Uh, apparently, Iran just didn't think there was a lot of black metal records back then, so he was like, "I have to stock the shore with the shit death metal, but I can sell it to idiots and I sell you know, it make them black metal fans." So, yeah, Varg Varg did send the shotgun shells yes. to uh, Dad as a Christmas gift, I believe. Yeah, because the guy, I mean, Dad was obsessed with suicide and death and just really an all-around morbid guy in a slightly different way than the other two guys we're talking about. Yeah. Um, I mean, Euronymous and Varg, as will become very clear, I think both of them were, uh, Varg probably a sociopath, Euronymous maybe a, in some ways less competent one or less charismatic one. Uh, he he definitely, by all accounts, Euronymous, this makes sense that he would be more so than other people because we have other people here involved in this scene where their music is maybe bordering on death metal or other styles more or there's crossover with death metal bands. Euronymous is the guy who's like, fuck that death metal shit, fuck them, they wear sweatpants. That's in Lords of Chaos book. He complains about death metal bands wearing sweatpants on stage and not looking evil. Euronymous is really as as early as like the early 90s pushing this idea of this is black metal this is our thing I think he was doing that because he maybe correctly understood that if he did that if he created this new milieu he would be the leader of it and yeah. and, and, and I've read a couple different accounts that say that he was very very into this idea that he was the ringleader of this new uh, extra evil metal scene in Norway and uh, f- sort of fashioned himself a bit of a tastemaker. And, and, you know, he had the right tools to do it. He had a record store, you know, he, hey, here, kid, listen to this. He had the main band, et cetera. Uh, but it makes sense that he would both be so fixated on differentiating this new style from everything else before or c- contemporary with it. And that he would kind of be, you know, an aspiring cult leader almost. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Yeah, he definitely was trying to put his stamp on things like in a way like I don't want to say I guess it's kind of like chaos magic in a sense he is like trying to like manipulate the world and so like I think that comes with it you have to like be strict you have to have it like like ostensibly like an ideology almost yeah and he, he did and and I 
not to be pedantic, but chaos magic isn't what I call it. He, to get into a little bit of Euronymous's spiritual beliefs, because they differ, or his ideology, because it differs from Varg, Varg Vickerness's beliefs, as we'll get into. Uh, Euronymous w- was a theistic Satanist, which is a unique thing you don't run into very often, thankfully. Um, this is in contrast, like, Levian Satanism, I think we've talked on here before, that takes... To put it simply, Levain Satanism is kind of like edgy, libertarian atheism. Like most people, Levain's own beliefs and practices might be a little bit different, but the average person you meet who's in the fucking Church of Satan or is into that shit, they don't literally believe in demons or the devil or any of that shit. The devil. The Satan to them is a symbol of everything that conventional uh, Christian morality uh, forbade or considered bad uh going all the way back to old gods that they don't believe in either to the modern christian morals uh Euronymous was very clear in interviews no i hate that shit that shit is weak i hate it i believe in a red pointy de- there's like a quote where he more or less says this he describes it he's like i believe in a red devil as described in the christian bible but that's what i worship and i think it's good like he he's there's a few different kinds of theistic Satanism that you could apply that term to a number of different belief systems. The one he embraced was an a one to one inversion of like Catholic theology. He probably went down after he you know died. He probably went down to hell and there was Satan smoking a cigar. We're talking and- about Varg, right? No, I'm no, talking no, about Euronymous. Euronymous. Okay, Varg famously, or at least he would like it to be famously known supposedly didn't believe that or if he did it the, varg's version of this that i i kind of believe is that when he because keep in mind he came in contact with them he was the youngest one he was 14 when he was writing them letters and shit from bergen he embraced the satan thing to an extent because it was what was kind of in it was edgy he wanted to provoke people he told the reporter that when he gave his interview about the church burnings which we'll get to but by the time he became a big public figure and was going to go to jail, he had changed his tune and renounced Satanism in favor of Nordic paganism, which is a different thing. Um, his his claim is that he was always a pagan and he was pretending to be a Satanist to troll people. I think he was a fucking teenager. Who cares? Like, whatever. So it's okay, Varg. You could you could not like what you believed yeah, you, in when you, you were, like, a teenager. Yeah, you're like, allowed to change your okay. opinion on it's that. Like, don't worry, bro. You can, like, take the L once in a while. It's like, that's, that's what I don't like with Varg, how... He's just oh, I constantly know. like, oh, everybody else is wrong. I am always right and smart and stupid. I was always doing this, uh, you know. Yeah. In Lords that, of Chaos, he claims he was a skinhead before he got into metal, but he was the only one in Bergen. But he was like 12. So how was he a skinhead? How would he have known any of that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't he believe wouldn't that. Have. He wouldn't have. He just made it up. I Yeah, he... See, that, and that's a, that's a frustrating thing is because, like, with... When it comes to, like... And I only and I by chaos magic I don't mean like he's actually doing it. He's just like he has a he has something he has a goal and he's like putting in his. Like, well, that's that's just theory. black magic. Chaos magic means creating chaos, which isn't quite. I mean, like black pedantic, magic. You know, yeah. he's doing magics. Oh yeah, he's, he's uh, manipulating the the world to you know have things that aren't supposed to happen happen. That's that is true. And I do think that black metal as of now wouldn't be the same without him. So I think oh, I wouldn't exist it, like, without your just wouldn't. We're not talking about this. I don't think. Yeah. Um, not nearly as much. It's not nearly as big as it is. As it is. But um, 
with like the interviews with the stuff like with him and dad like his his thoughts on him like dying and he's like oh yeah he's dead oh wow so what like you know this kind of like nonchalant attitude towards it yeah be you like know. it did not affect me personally no yeah i'll dude that's like so many people in the in this fucking that florida gas book and just like yeah uh for anyone it's like that guy died oh whatever i still have my tea every day it's it, it, yeah it's like really hard for these guys to like you know not sound like a bunch of uh 12 year olds honestly. and it's like i don't is that like are, is some of that like the black metal identity? Is some of that just like European like autism? Yeah, like that spectrum they got going like, on over there. Or general Europeanism. I, I, I like, don't think you can blame it wholly on Scandinavians, although they they are certainly have a different culture than us. I think it has a lot to do with they are swarthy. They're not. That's those are Mediterraneans. <laughs> it's people who look like me. Although I'm Scandinavian too, actually, but um, partially. Uh, I I think certainly this the both the Satanist ideology and the uh, sort of wanting to be a badass heavy metal guy probably contributes to their attitude towards dead dying. I mean Varg talking about death. I've I've read some of his thoughts on it too. His perspective is a little different. He's just like you shouldn't be afraid of death or be worried about it because you're going to get reincarnated or life is going to begin again. Or As whatever. a pine cone. As a pine cone. Hopefully. <laughs> I want to be a sword. Well, that's what they deserve. You know, please become yeah. a pine cone so we never have to hear your idiotic mumbling and bullshit ever again. But 91, I think there's a there's so there's a couple things like after Dad kills himself in April earlier in that year, there's a couple like notable things um in terms of like bands cuz that's when uh does um South Soulside Journey is that come out in 91? I believe so. Yeah, yeah that's so. the first, first Dark, Dark Throne, Throne that they start showing up. It's a death metal oh. album, not black metal. Yeah. Oh, God, no. There's some good Scandinavian death metal from that year, too. Um, yeah. Gotta say, I do not care for that Dark Throne album. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Really it's pretty boring. Shit. I mean, Kromlik is a sick song. As I far think, as Scandinavian but... death metal goes, no, not not my favorite. Not even close. Not even but top ten. It sounds like a Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons, like, um, you know, like some stupid bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, going back to '91, what we were talking about, um, the Magus by Sadistic Execution comes out. Yeah, Worship I, I, Him by Samael. I think people don't really talk about that band too much. I no, think no, no. they're fine. They're from Switzerland, and I think they're that. I don't want to say it represents like it's black. It's definitely still black metal, but it isn't nearly as like extreme. Right, as, it's a little bit more softer and cuddly a little more like not laid back but like toned down to a degree i mean you you could like play it around your puppy dog yeah like your dog won't be that upset about it no he but he'll you know probably frolic a little bit so i would say 1991 is a pretty key year for this stuff i in part because of dad killing himself by all accounts that went to as the bullet went to dad's head uh morbid joke here uh, that really went to Euronymous's head, and he really started to become more of uh, more evil. I guess I'll use the parlance yeah. of the subject. Like, really, st- like he basically liked that, and he really fancied himself the leader of this new scene. And 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 sounds that we would recognize more so as black metal start to happen. The first Immortal EP is ninety one. 
I know. Um, yep. Burzum did a demo that year, which I actually haven't heard. I love that band, but I, I probably don't need to hear the demo because the records are badly produced enough. Yeah. Um, I think he did two demos. There's the Enslaved demos, uh, the Behemoth demo, which, again, the sound production holds back pretty heavily. Uh, this this is 91 is where we really start to get into stuff that you could hear now and, and yeah. even an untrained ear think, oh, yeah, this is... This is the beginning. This, this is, is like, really the beginning, like... All the bands have like maybe the year prior or that year have formed and are putting out demos and are starting to do and are actually like actually starting to do stuff. Yeah. As opposed and, and, to like and at a faster rate than it was before, you know, with some of the previous. This, bands. this is an obscure one, but it would be if we wanted evidence of that term being used in the way we would now. There was a band I found called what the fuck were they called? I swear they no, the band was called Black Metal from the yeah. Netherlands. They did a demo called Pentagram in 1991. So clearly by then, it was not just the title of a Venom record anymore. Like at the latest, you would have seen it in 91, like at least across Europe. You would have seen it in like magazines and stuff like that and like little things here and there. What have heard people talking about? Do I want to listen to like a song from one of these records, demos or something like that? Yeah, this is the, around the time when, you know, the band started sounding like the... Uh, that band in that one Burger King commercial. You ever seen that? Yes. Oh man, that is hot. KFC's new Wicked Crunch Big Box meal may be more heat than you can handle. Our crunch sandwich spiced up extra hot with hot wings, fries, salad, and a drink. Taste lives at KFC. With the um, the guy eats the spicy chicken sandwich. He's like, "Ooh, that's hot!" But he like blows fire on stage. (laughs) That is really sick. Yeah, I like when the I like when those bands started sounding like that band. Got it. I don't know if I'm going to keep this in, but we got to mention that at some point again. <laughs> should keep that. In. I'm going to see if this enslaved thing is even listenable. Well, that, if it didn't come out in '91, I don't think no, we should no, leave the, the, One of their it. demos did. Yeah, but it's not the one you listen to, so no, I don't want to listen to it. Like, I'm thinking if there's something else we can listen to. How about to. the Venom record that came out in '91? <laughs> We're going to listen to Unholy Forces of Evil by Immortal after their EP. <laughs>
Jake Razor here from the Kings Punk Podcast. Just wanted to talk to you for a moment about our friend and sponsor, Shirley Road Records. They just put out uh, my favorite thing I've heard from them in a hot minute. That's the Pharos and Sombreros cassette by White Tiger and the Bed of Roses. I had never heard this group until recently, but I'm really impressed with this release. It's like the things I like about bands like uh, Leatherface or even Jawbreaker, but with the things I don't like, largely removed and replaced with sort of kick-ass rock and roll uh, stylings, almost a la Annihilation Time, but maybe even a more heavy metal edge in parts. I've never heard anything quite like this, but I'm quite taken with it. They've got tons of other good stuff, ranging from gore noise to indie rock. They just put out a new indie release by the band Largesse, or the band Toothsome, excuse me, the Largesse EP. But uh, definitely go check them out at shirleyroadrecords.bandcamp.com as well as shirleyroadrecords.com and at shirleyroadrecords on Instagram. Uh, tons of good stuff, no matter what you're looking for. Uh, and once again, I will be spinning that uh, White Tiger and the Better Roses tape because I'm pretty impressed with it. So uh, shout out to Shirley Road, and uh, thanks for listening. Use promo code COTPOD10 on whatever the fuck you want for 10% off on whatever the fuck you want. Promo code KOP. P-O-D, one, zero. All right, that was Unholy Forces of Evil from the Immortal EP, which uh, it is fun. I did note when we were listening to it, that does kind of sound better than the uh, LP that came out in 92. Yeah, 
definitely we're, not all of the black metal tropes are established yet. It sounds very much like Death Crush or early Mayhem tightened up quite a bit. Yep. You it, don't. You don't still get got in, that like Celtic Frost Hellhammer kind of thing. Yeah, a yeah, yeah, bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. You still we, hear that on the on, even on the LP. You kind of hear oh, that for, a little for bit. Oh, for sure. I don't think we really get away from that until with some of the Burzum stuff. And I mean, spoiler, I mean, we'll talk about this more later. Like, for years and years, the first thing I heard in my head and thought of when I thought black metal was Transylvania Hunger by Dark Throne, I would still say that's like one of the, if not the quintessential black metal record. After hearing it later on, I would say the quintessential black re- metal record for me is the Emperor LP yeah, like that is what black metal sounds like. Immortal, we're not all the way there, but we're I, no, we're there. We're just like on the edge of it. Like we're, yeah. we are into the territory that we would identify as black metal. Like this is not like you hear that and you go, this isn't death metal. No, like no. I don't know what that might not. You might not know what it is. It's not chunky sounding. It's it's chaotic. It's uh, they're not doing they're not doing like low vocals. There's no zero groove to it really. Yeah, it's it's definitely a step away from the what was maybe going on because like by this time there was like was i don't know if there was big metal tours but like you know metal death metal bands were getting on like like big were beginning on bigger labels and stuff like that well yeah like you know morbid angel i was just gonna say morbid angel was around and i know some of these black metal Animal guys Corp. even even euronymous at some point in some interview cited morbid morbid angel as an influence i mean that would just would have been I something mean, you would have heard they mentioned i mean especially the first record like, oh yeah, Alters I can hear you could definitely yeah. I could definitely understand that. Um maybe less me even like the second record. Um I could hear it to a de- to a degree cuz they have those it has a lot of those weird like interludes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like maybe important. But uh there was a thing what, what was the thing in the book where they like met at a, they were at a Morbid Angel concert. It was like in 91. There was something that happened like after or before some sort of burning was it a uh, was it a church burning or was that when when uh, what's his name Faust no was that when he killed the guy no he killed no, the guy was... leaving a bar it, it probably it oh, might have been one of the church burnings oh, it, was, it was something like that or some weird thing but yeah things were these guys were like starting to hang out because so a big thing was that uh, Euronymous f- uh, founded his record store Helvet in ninety one like yeah. mid ninety one and that became early on it was more of like it was very it was they said like the space was way too big so he had to like cordon and cordon like a portion off just to be the record store yeah um and the rest of it it was used often as like a meeting place for a lot of these people yeah there was the black metal circle as they called it yes so i think a lot of this is very important because like it literally is a scene of like people there's probably like a couple dozen people that are like heavily involved, you know, the, the immortal people, maybe the Dark Throne people, Emperor, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, I'm I'm assuming at this point, like Thou Shalt Suffer, which is the pre Emperor band had formed. Yeah. They were playing death metal. Um, and as you were just talking about Euronymous earlier, Euronymous was instrumental in like getting a lot of these bands to start playing black metal. Like Immortal, who we just listened to. Probably might not have played black metal if it wasn't for Euronymous. No, pro- probably not. Also, just going to put Varg on blast here real quick because I know this shit that he's into um, and that other people are into. Fucking that demo from 91 by Burzum that I mentioned sounds less shitty than I expected, but the cover of it 
has a symbol on it. It's not a fucking Nordic rune. It's not fucking uh, whatever the thing Bjork has tattooed. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's the Yonk. No, not the Yonk. Uh, if you're, yo, you're not far off, though. Beyond, if I said Bjonk. Bjonke. Bjonke. No, although in Varg's book, he claims the Yonk is taken from Germanic people or whatever. I don't know. I don't oh, fucking know. Sure it is. Okay. Uh, you're not far off, though. It has an Aleister Crowley symbol, the Seal of Babylon. Where's oh, Babylon? Wow. Is that in Northern Europe, Varg? Yeah. Uh, no. Yes, it was, because I say they, so. They yes. stole it. No. The source and Crowley. Me. Crowley comes up with these guys a little bit. I think he's in the category of both um, uh, this a sort of quote unquote Satanist, or although he wasn't really a Satanist. The Euronymous uh, would have rejected him for not being satanic enough, and Varg would now reject him for being Satanist, which means being Jewish or something. So yeah. So clearly Varg. He's, and look again, he was fifteen. Like of course your uh, spiritual views aren't developed yet. He fu- he wasn't fifteen. No, he was like probably seventeen, eighteen at this point. It's regardless, yeah, you're yeah, right. Still, but, still, but a little, yeah, he, little fucking kid. But like for like you know Led Zeppelin, you yeah. Know, Crowley is like, oh my god, like he, Crowley's. That was a that was certainly a guy. We'll say, but yeah. I'll say that uh, Varg's music as a teenager pretty impressive. But I mean, I think I can't take that away from him. An important when we do get in a bit when we're talking about Burzum, I think something that I think is really important is that like. Uh, and I talked to you about it, is that he's doing this all by himself. Yeah, and so it, it doesn't sound like anything else. I've always said that about that band. Like, he, uh, yeah. I, I, was he the only, probably the only real one-man band situation here, which would become I a mean, hallmark of black metal. Technically, you could possibly say Bathory. Yeah, Bathory, sure. But I don't, again, we talked on the first episode, I really don't know what the whole situation was with Bathory nor do I really care at this point. Um, there is a probably a 4,000-page thread on Metal Archives you can go to. About who Bathory's, you know, fashion designer and hairstylist was. and Do they count as a member? They should, yes. I mean, I pay him who, to be on the album. The man who made the leathers? Yes. So, <laughs> 90... 91, you know, we got a lot of, a lot of changing, as, uh, as we talked about. 92... I think is really a big, big step into like black metal. Like, oh, that's when we go into uh, overdrive. It's kind of like eighty-two of hardcore in a sense. Where yeah, it's yeah, like, it ain't UK eighty-two. It's uh, Norway, Norway 92. 92. Because we have like you have, and we talked about earlier, Blasphemy, God's War. They have a second album. Um, I'm assuming uh, Burzum, the first album, comes out. Yes, that, uh, that's like Silence Productions. That wonderful sounding thing. Yeah, the first Immortal album. Yep. You have the first Body Count album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Black Metal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you have that. Again, I, I'm glad you liked that Enslaved Yggdrasil release, which I think later came out on vinyl, because that was a band that I looked up because they kept getting mentioned in that Lords of Chaos book and elsewhere, and you don't hear about them that much. I think that demo fucking rips. I think it's better than a lot of... Uh, I won't say a lot of some of its uh, more vaunted contemporaries and uh, they were doing the paganism thing before Varg was so props to them uh, and yeah no I mean 92 is packed with classic black metal records it, it is it, it's like if 76 it's like or like it's like 77 for punk because 76 people were already kind of calling it punk rock people it was already somewhat recognizable like oh yeah punk rock that's the Ramones or in this case that's immortal or something Calling them the Ramones of black metal is pretty funny, but 
Or to, <laughs> an even funnier comparison. It's like 67 for, for all those hippie fans. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You so know, all that all that love and peace and tranquility. You had and all the that you shit. had the first Doors album, which you know people we think of it as psychedelia now, but it's really just lounge music. Uh, mm-hmm. That's like ninety. That's like ninety one. Some of those records we just Ooh. mentioned. Ninety two. You get your never mind the bollockses of this yeah. genre. Um, if you want, I mean, uh, I think maybe an important U.S. band. Talk about oh, be a little sketchy though. Wait, not not Havlad. Was GBK this no. early? GBK. GBK is real. Go early, to a thousand yeah. young demo. Yeah. yeah. Do we want to listen to the songs to Hemfarage? Or do you want to listen? Do I want to listen to it? We could yeah. listen to Pro Fanatica. Pro Fanatica, another band. Yeah. How about that? We'll listen. Pro, we'll listen to Pro Fanatica because um, they have, I believe, a couple. They they like GBK. Oh, we're only around for like a year, and then they like they kind of like reformed or something like that. Um, but uh, let's listen to, let's see what happened. Because for those that don't know, Pro Fanatica, uh, Paul Led, 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 Lady, Led, Led, uh, something like that. Him and it was all four members of Incantation, I believe. Um, Wait, and the, the one guy? Paul Ledney. Yes, he was in Incantation. And I believe everyone that was in the band like in the early years, were all in incantation, including uh, John McEntee? Uh, John, no, John McEntee. No, that's definitely not. That's him. Tennis legend John McEnroe. Let's listen to the song "Heavenly Father" from the EP "Weeping in Heaven" by Pro Fanatica. Uh, they're definitely, uh, in terms of like imagery, a really powerful U.S. band because uh, you know. Uh, I haven't heard this before. Really? I'm pulling this it's, up. So I yeah, Profanatica is a very sick band. Um, Have a Hedge may be sicker if we're talking about the earlier stuff, but let's listen to some Profanatica. <laughs>
spooky stuff. Yeah, leading with some U.S. shit here as opposed to the Scandinavian selections. And it's a little different. It's a little bit to my ears, having familiarized myself with the conventional history of this stuff, this sounds a little bit behind. I didn't say that it's worse. Everybody has their preferences. But in the evolution of black metal, this sounds like it's maybe half a step behind something like Enslaved or Dark Throne. I but believe. it's also like it's there. Though. It's, it's a step like metal. different though, because yeah, start, I with like you have GBK, um, and ooh, the bad. Oh, well, deal with it. They were an important band. Like, same with the Burzum. Burzum guy got killed someone. But um, we got Von too. I think oh, really important. Yeah. They have a uh, Satanic Blood demo in '92. The demo sounds like they're a step behind in human evolution. Yes, it's very primitive. <laughs> it's very. Dumb, they sound like ca- like the. They just sound like caveman. It's clubbing. So stupid. Like a like a like a stretched out animal skin or something. But I think that's where it really is differentiating itself from like Death Metal. Absolutely, at this point. Oh, for sure. It's like yeah. it's almost like like ritual. It's like tribal primitive music in a sense not to try and i'm not trying to disparage you know native uh people's music of any sorts but just like the the like a steady beat like bop, 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 with, especially with the pro that pro fanatic yeah for like, sure and, and and death metal was starting to get a little bit more into virtuoso territory just barely yeah, starting absolutely. to at this point so it would be was even more poor, crucial i mean no, it kind yourself. of it i think definitely at oh. this point it was like yeah almost starting uh, to yeah. get drenched in it like know? the band death Death, absolutely. Like I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, '92 was when, like, what was that? Their their first album when they started doing like their their proggy no, tendencies. I, was it '93? When did Human? Oh no, you're right. It was '93. But it, again, spiritual healing was like the day the year before. Right. So right. it's like not far behind. It's then almost you, you there. Have, um, what's the what's the um, Dutch band? Um, Sinister? Not Sinister. Or is it Dutch? The guy with uh, with the consuming impulse. Oh, pestilence. oh that's pestilence. Pestilence yeah. was kind of like doing that like by then too. Oh, and I mean, yeah, even atheists, atheists. you could say as well. Yeah, so, so there yeah, was a bunch. Like Gorgots. Gorg- uh, yeah, Gorgots wasn't there yet, well, but like yeah, again, right. they, death metal was absolutely starting to be like, yeah, we are good. We practice a lot. Yeah, yeah we are good to practice. And it created this vacuum for stuff that just sounds evil and fucking crazy. And and when I say it's behind, it's not this. I want to maybe expound on what I mean by that a little bit. It's like I know what you mean. We talked about the earlier influences, like specifically Celtic Frost and like even stuff that borders on doom metal, Hellhammer, stuff that really what, what I'm listening for. And, and apologies if you don't know, if you know even less about music than me and this doesn't mean anything to you. The pentatonic riffs. I heard pentatonic scales on that Profanatica song. Yeah. And that to me in this context says Celtic Frost. It says Hellhammer and it says, it says maybe some Doom stuff. Uh, whereas once you get into Dark Throne and shit like that, it's you hear like zero of that. It's all these weird scales and that's what gives it that sort of Scandinavian sound. What I would think of as the classic Scandinavian or specifically Norwegian black metal sound. Because another one of my favorites that really came on the scene in 92 is Carpathian Forest from Sweden. Their first demo, Bloodlust and Perversion, I revisited in advance of this episode. And I was kind of surprised. I hadn't listened to it in a while. A lot of that pentatonic sound, which again, to me, sounds like Celtic Frost. It's more connected to conventional rock and roll in that sense. Uh, The fact that they sang about fucking a lot is also more connected to conventional rock and roll than like writing lyrics about Lord of the Rings. Um, and they were also not from Norway. That is Sweden. That's so maybe it's a little True. different on that account. 
Um, on the GBK-esque tip, this is also 1992 is when the first Graveland demo came out. That is a Nazi band from Poland that now, are a black metal band. Were they discreetly or maybe indiscreetly like very were they outspoken about it at that point pretty out outspoken enough i think was my understanding yeah. of it um but but the fact that by 92 even someone in poland was playing something that they would have called black metal or let alone that someone in the u.s was is notable this stuff was mm. spreading like wildfire you might I, say yeah i thought they were from ukraine no you are thinking of nocturnal boredom Oh yeah, you're they right. came that's out. Their first true. demo was '96, and it is worlds better than that Graveland shit, which is pretty unlistenable for the most part. You're right. I shouldn't compare. I like that's that's on me for now. You know, are Graveland are they still NS? Are they still sketchy? I thought they I denounced think, it. I thought so. Or was maybe that Nocturnal Mortem that did it? I think Nocturnal. I think maybe they both did. I'm, I'm not See, trying does, to. Did Zelensky we're, tell them to tone yeah. it down or something? See, we're being, we're being, you know, it's like how the Azov Battalion doesn't use the Wolf Angle anymore. Like yeah. they were like, hey, Nocturnal Mortem, you gotta get with the program. Yeah, gotta chill. Our intentions are not pure here. How we're confusing Polish and Ukrainian bands yeah. here. I mean, we're <laughs> we are being a little out of line. I think. Oh, You're right. How can we not we tell are, the difference? We're we're gonna we're gonna you know take five minutes of silence and and our, hit our heads against some rocks. And then change uh, a light bulb, all three uh, of us. For, <laughs> the ritual light bulb change uh, to uh, I think we we'll use candles. I think we need the Ukrainians to change the light bulb for us because of the groups we mentioned. That's uh, I heard they're really good at it. There's a bunch of good Ukrainian right. electricians in Rochester. Yeah. They only need one. Per, they only need one of them to do it too. Yeah, that's all it takes. No, I'm not going to go on a tangent about <laughs> Poland. But, uh, Poland brutally colonizing me, Ukraine. That, what that is um. When did I think absurd starts around this time too? They're yeah, that's Germany. another fucked up one. That's a real fucked up one. Yeah, they are from Germany. There's the first red flag. Uh, and well, I will also say this: literally, if you look up any black metal band from Poland, I, there is straight up a fifty percent chance they're sketchy. By fifty, you mean probably seventy percent, if not high. Yeah, uh, more than higher. more than a, a, yeah. more than so many other places. Like, yeah, just about almost anywhere. I mean, probably more of. than even Germany. Yeah, yeah, Germany probably way more than Germany. Well, I mean, even the maybe uh, Finland yeah. would be close. I guess Finland's, Finland's close. close. I mean, yeah. Ukraine, any of those, but the Baltic countries would all be up yeah. there. I would imagine, but Ukraine, Poland, Spain. Yeah, Spain. France is pretty bad too, and they're all pretty bad. Let's be yeah, honest. I mean, basically what about, what about, if you're, um, any yeah, black metal? Lim- from a why are we white talking about limbonic guy? arts, guys? What's that from Spain? Limbonic art—that's where they're from. Yeah, I'm I don't pretty know sure they're from Spain. No way. <laughs> yeah, that means I don't. I do not like that band. That band's good. <laughs> I know we had some fucked up Nazi bands from France that started right around this time, right? Or is that a couple years later? Um, probably around think, this time. I think it was right around this time. Vlad Tepes and I don't. Are they sketchy did. though? Yeah. Oh remember. yeah. Vlad Tepes. Yeah. They, I mean, yeah. they're named after the vampire god himself. Really? I always because like I have, they have a split that is like. Yeah, the split is with a band that's worse. Really? Yeah. What's uh, their name? Dude, uh, Mussolini that... or? Yeah, like Hitler, the band. No, it's something with a B. But no, Absurd yeah. is an interesting one because Absurd's first few demos are not black metal. It's bad RAC oi music, um, and then they start like really bad. Um, but they mostly establish a reputation by killing a guy and then playing black metal. 
And then also putting his gravestone on the uh, demo on, cover. On their demo cover. Yep. That's... Now, I don't know about you guys. That's pretty mean of them to do that. Oh, it's, um, it's not very the nice. band Belketeer. Yeah, my understanding is they were even worse. Belketre. Yeah. But see, it doesn't say NS on occultism, Satanism, war, black magic. Oh, you, oh, Dracar Productions. Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, um, that checks out. Uh, my bad, guys. Um, but I don't know. That split's pretty fucking... That dude, the song. The Vlad Tepe side is good. I couldn't find the Belker whatever side on YouTube for reasons we I, just covered. I downloaded that split. Uh, listen to the song "Drink the Poetry of the Celtic Disciple" by uh, Vlad Tepes. Crazy good song. Yes, it's like no. The Vlad Tepes shit is is very good. Uh, here's here's a clue. Is everyone wants clues about what they're allowed to listen to or not? If there's a black metal band that you can't find anywhere on YouTube and you have to download it. That means they're probably racist because that's why they're not. Uh, if your black metal band isn't on YouTube, you might be an NS. You might be an NS. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, if your black, I mean, your, it would be your, it wouldn't yeah. be redneck. It would be if your black metal band isn't on YouTube, uh, you might be NS, and the um, they don't want you to be on there. And the police are coming to your house now. <laughs> I am Jeff of Fox on Hind. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I. That is you might be uh, NS. I am Leipung, uh, uh, the the cable man. <laughs> yeah. I Leipung the cable mom. It has to be a Polish name because they all go to Europe and do those kind of jobs that fucking. <laughs> You know, like, Europeans are too no. fucking stupid <laughs> to do. The do- Door opener. So, the, the, the European um, rednecks of comedy would be so sick. Yeah, if you just yeah. all Polish dudes. It's just like a Polish. He's like, yes, I operate microwave for uh, person. First, for first Sweden, Swedish yeah. people. They don't know how to work the microwave. Yeah, they have to hire a Polish I live in Sweden. It. I operate the microwave for them. You could throw in like a Greek guy too. That's there. You got it. What? What? Anything else we want to listen to from 92? Before I don't we think talk so. about Greece, some of the Greece, events in '92, is Greece in the mix yet? Here, yeah, I mean, Riding Christ in the mix. is out. I mean, there's uh, Riding Christ, there's Verathon. What would you say? The same thing. I don't. I just oh, okay. don't know how to pronounce it because they're, you know, they got their little Greek alphabet. They're hard to yeah decipher, make heads or tails of what their there's, letters they're trying to use. The Hellenic scene is starting. Absolutely. Yeah. At this yeah. Point for sure. So we're already seeing different regional variants of this because this shit all sounds yeah. a little bit. Sai, you got Sai in Japan. Oh, and from Brazil too, Mystifier. Mystifier. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They got their awesome. second record came out in '92. Uh, which one is that? Is that Goish? No, it's, it's uh, it's be Wicca. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Wicca. Yeah. Yeah, that that band is very sick. Um, Wick- amongst other things, Wicca. Because I mean, at this point, Sepultura is like starting. They are definitely like death metal still, but like, think when did Arise? Ninety two. When Arise come out? Ninety three. Arise came out ninety one, I think. So oh, so ninety two. That was that was them starting becoming to to, starting to be like Biohazard. They're yeah. going eight. They, they're going chaos style. They're going yeah. Biohazard chaos style. So I, I guess I get why some of them would be like fuck this shit. Same thing with yeah, because like I remember that quote you're talking about with Euronymous being like fuck all the dumb benediction and napalm death and uh, spempultura and yeah <laughs> spempultura name on Dave. I don't know what kind of accent. I don't know why you're making a Mexican. <laughs> I'm in a wrong. Okay. Um, okay. But I'm also, going from Norway to Sydney, Belfia. <laughs> but also, 
a big thing that starts here is the church burnings. He had that mustache. No. Uh, yeah, the church burnings infamously. So like mid. So a couple things. Church burnings, um, which I did not know how many there was. Jesus Christ. There was like, well, was like 40 50. or 50. That was over. The, that was not all in 1992. Though. I know. But like st- I thought in general, like maybe in the 90s, there was like six. No, there were like 50 and it went all the way to Russia over the course of the 90s. But 92, the original wave of them committed by the OGs of the Norwegian black metal scene, I want to say it was less than 10. That's still a lot. It's still a way a lot, yeah. And it was a big fucking deal there. I don't know if you guys know this about Scandinavia, but nothing fucking happens there. Uh, what's big news in Scandinavia? Uh, a tree. Iceland beefing with the UK over cod or like was probably the biggest like thing. Like pe- Iceland beefing with like a penguin. Yeah, puffin. Uh, <laughs> Puffins. We took too much of our food. He ate my fish. Or yeah, like, Iceland, they, no black metal there. They're 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 on an island, so they, I what, guess they're less pissed like, off. They're happy. So, so like in Sweden, yeah, like a tree falls. They like they had to fight off wow. the Grinch. They yeah, were too busy like, fighting with the Grinch. <laughs> or like like a new new ski came out. You know, Ooh, that look they at my use. new ski. Or Volvo or something like that. No, I'm, I'm sure things happen there that I don't know about. I, I mean, I one thing that I guess would be a little bit relevant is, like I said, the end of the Cold War. Scandinavia is in a position of being kind of wedged between Europe, which is, as we've now very clearly seen in the past year, a proxy of the United States. Oh, I just remember something. Russia. They're right next to Russia, which is not, you don't want to be neighbors with Russia. I'm sorry. It's not fun to do, as we all know. Maybe something to tie in. I remember reading about a big event that happened there in Norway. I think in the same year was uh, the Winter Olympics happened in Oslo. Yes. And yes. we know uh, about one event that happened yes. nearby. At Faust that. of the band Emperor Yes, uh, murdered a gay man who was attending the Winter Olympics in Norway. Um, so, yeah, you got Mag- the... What's his name? Magnus something? Magnus something. Sorry, I mean, we- Faust. No, no, the man he murdered. Oh, uh, Magnus Magnus. Magnus Magnus was murdered. Was that his name? It was Mag Magnus Magnus like Anderson or something like that. I can't remember. He, that sounds like an Icelandic name. He probably he might have been Icelandic. He's, I'm then. pretty sure it was Magnus something. That sounds, maybe his last name was Magnus. Well, I think I Magnus know. was making his advances towards Foss, and he wanted to pull his Magnus Magnum Dong out. You know. He probably was Icelandic. That name sounds like it has to be. But, yeah, you got the end of the Cold War. But other than that, which I guess would have been a relief for them, if anything, they were less worried about being in the middle of a nuclear war. Although I remember Varg saying that him and his friends kind of liked the idea of a prospect of a nuclear war because they were little shitheads. And they didn't, I guess, understandably didn't like the position of feeling like they were having to choose between the USSR and the U.S., basically. Um but yeah, a couple churches getting burned in Norway, that's that's a big deal, especially since these are old, old churches. Uh historic. Yeah, and that's what's I you know, I've read books by actual scholars who are actual who are practicing Nordic pagans and they fucking hate these guys because those churches in Scandinavia are pagan as fuck. There's runes all over them. Like it's part of Nordic history. Like it's part of their heritage. Like I'm sorry that your kings in a million years ago sold out and and made your country nominally Christian, but 
you should keep the church up and fucking like I guess turn it into a temple for your religion or something because your history is still in it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 incoherent. Again, these are teenagers we're talking about. But. Well, I'm sure if you told that to Varg, he would be like, actually, no, it is it does not count because. They the the fact they even let a Christian do that. Oh no, people have no. people have brought this up to Varg, and he basically says that he's like, but what about the ruins of what they built over? And it's like, dude, you, it's not what you people did. Like that's not like how that works. Right. Ago, I mean, man. he had nothing to do with any of that. No, no. I and, mean, and it honestly, four generations after you. Yeah, it's it's like you can't even like claim that shit. Another weird. I don't think you should be able to at this. No, point, at definitely not. Another weird thing with Varg that I remember nothing to do that. Uh, he he spent some of his childhood in Iraq. Yes, his dad huh. like made software for Saddam or something. That, now wow. that's evil. That's yeah, evil. That's, pretty that's evil. probably yeah. one of the most evil thing he's actually ever. Dude, he was probably near Saddam and he absorbed some of his evil evil energies. Yeah, I think so. You know, it makes sense to me. So. We can maybe get into specifics in a second, but two sort of things I wanted to say about the church burnings. One, again, one interpretation of it is I could understand why it it was huge news at the time and the media blew it up and we'll get to that. And you could, as they kind of do in Lords of Chaos, make an argument that there's a sort of archetypal awakening happening here. It was as if, if Odin's horde has returned. I mean, certainly their music that these bands make sounds like you know, this is if you've heard the country song Ghost Riders in the Sky, that's derived from the same myth, the Oscariah. It was Odin's riders who would uh like eventually they tried to turn it into a Christian myth where it was children who hadn't been baptized, they would kill them, but regardless. On the other hand, I, I just wanna say, like, just to highlight how silly this way of thinking is, like when Northern Europe was like Scandinavia, that was the last part of Europe to become Christian. They did get it later, which is maybe why the veil was thinner there. It wasn't until like 800 AD that they became Christian. But again, it Christianity became uh, Nordicized as much as like the, uh, the Nordic world became Christianized, whatever, using the wrong word here. Like, they incorporated, and because this is how fucking cultures work in a lot of cases, they incorporated their traditional practices and myths into the Christian practices that had been foisted on them. There was some coercion involved. I think Varg and people like him blow it out of proportion. They had probably the most peaceable conversion to a religion that had happened up till that point. What it actually was, was they, those countries became monarchies, what we would recognize as like pre-modern countries as opposed to like little warlords of tribes here and there yeah and then and then you've got one monarch who's in charge of everything and if the church if the frankish uh priesthood or whatever other you know christian tribe there was uh bribes him into converting now your country's christian and whatever that means is probably not much i think bluetooth was of denmark was the first guy to convert but that is that is a very thin uh, layer of Christianity to put over something else um, mm-hmm. compared to the very thick layer of social democratic liberalism that was put on Scandinavia later. So to focus on the Christianity is kind of s- silly, obviously, but it makes sense of all the places in Europe for them to decide, fuck this shit. I, I guess it would make sense that it would be Scandinavia, even if they and went about it totally the wrong way. I, th- I think, I don't know if it would necessarily coincide I mean, as we learned about in the one, the one uh, documentary that 
media really played a big part in this. They really, uh, you know, lit a fire under this because it got people attention. Yeah, how um, how did it start? I, I I get confused about believe, the details of the church. I can't boardings. remember I, when the first one was, but around the time, I, I think the day after or re- around when Faust murdered, yes, um, yes. the guy Magnus. they went the Magnus man they went and burned the church. I think it was Faust and Varg and Euronymous. Uh, Euronymous, but Euronymous I know was only involved in one of the burnings. Yeah. And I, I think there was a guy from this band, Hades. That's an interesting band that was around this time. Sort of black metal, but nominally had some death and doom influences too. And I think maybe one of the guys from Thorns. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, no, you're right. Because I remember Varg was like, oh, yes, those two anonymous idiots, uh, loser nobodies actually did it. And they blamed me. Yes. It wasn't many people, though. It was less than 10 guys that were initially burning the churches in Norway. Yeah. Um and yes, as, there's a great documentary I recommend from Norwegian TV called Satan Rides the Media, where they talk about how the press blew this up into a huge thing and started talking about how there was ritual abuse in Norway and all this crazy shit. The big article that was factually based that really blew this whole thing up. Based. What? I said based. Yeah, yeah. Was There was a, a reporter who, who's featured in the documentary who had managed to get in contact with Varg. And Varg, he went to his flat, uh, which was the, the reporter says something to the effect of we went to an apartment where lived a person who could not be described as normal, probably the strangest person I've ever met. And it's completely dark in there. And Varg's telling him, like, yeah, we burnt he, he the reporter got interested in this because they burned his church. And uh, he goes there and Varg starts bragging about that, starts bragging about his friend killing this gay dude, leaving the Olympics and uh, he it he couldn't initially get the police involved because he needed to verify that it was true. He eventually did, and the police started investigating uh, the Norwegian black metal scene whilst the media is creating absolute hysteria about it across the country and presumably across Scandinavia. Um, and this which is by, like... by, by all the accounts from the Norwegian police was not helpful that they were doing that, especially as they be investigated more and realized we're talking about a few teenagers. Yeah. And this goes, this kind of keeps going on for a while. This church brings from like 92. Yeah. They couldn't prove it late 92 or they, something like that. They, they, they had that. They took Varg into custody and they had to let him go. Cause they didn't have enough proof. Varg didn't yeah. get busted for this until he got busted for the murder. My, yeah. my favorite story from when they were investigating is Varg and two of his buddies. It, I, the, where I read this didn't say where, who they were. But two of his friends walked into like this special they had set up like a special unit of the Norwegian police to investigate this. And they had a headquarters and Varg walked in wearing chain mail and holding some sort of medieval weapon with two of his friends and was like, I am Count Grishnok, leader of the Norwegian black metal scene. And I order you to stop investigating the Norwegian black metal scene at once, to which the police said no. And he no. dramatically turned around and left. If we're like, uh, why don't you have a seat right there? <laughs> Should we listen to another song? Is there anything we want? From 92 that we want to listen uh, to. Yeah. How about Burzum? Yeah, when did Aske come out? That was a year or, later, right? 93. Did 93. the song War, was that? That is on the, the thing. You want to listen to yeah, War? Yeah, play War by we're Burzum. Gonna, yeah, we'll play War. This and, is Burzum's uh, first record on Euronymous's Death Like Silence label. <laughs> Wow! 
Yeah, great, tasty, delicious subs with a pepper bar um, <laughs> from Burzum. A Santa Fe pepper bar. Yeah, that's uh, intricate. Uh, yeah. Intricate I mean, song that is, there. That is the first Burzum record. So. It is the first one. I like the stuff after this more. I do like that first record. And actually, I like the songs. He re-recorded a lot of those songs when he got out of jail in 2011. And I like that record a lot. Um, yeah, I think I listened to it. It's pretty good. I think his record after this is better. But uh, yeah, he Euronymous was there when they recorded. I think he does that little war. Huh, what is it good for thing at the beginning of the song? I believe Euronymous that's Euron- does that? I believe that's him. Yeah. Wow. So it's like he was trying to sabotage the track to begin with by, you know, going this is huh wow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I want to hear it again. <laughs> 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 this is, huh? Wow! All right, let's. And then, uh, but then you get the classic picture of like Varg wearing his like stupid gauntlets with like that dumb like stick or whatever. I always think that. I think that looks cool, kind of cool. It, it it's does, not cool. It is. I I would agree with both of you. It is both very cool and so stupid. It's unbelievable. But it is. It's pretty. Oh, cool. it's it's fucking unbelievable. All right. But. 1993, you know, we have the Osk EP. Death Like Silence is kind of really going, you know, really kind of pushing through. And Osk, that features a picture of the burnt church. And it, it, if I'm not mistaken, the first pressing of it came with Burzum lighters. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So they're le- really riding high oh, on wow. this uh, hysteria surrounding the church burnings because I, I guess they still couldn't be busted for it. Well, around that time, too. Well, so around that time, Kerrang! Does sometime in like early ninety three, I believe, maybe March. Yeah. Kerrang does an article on black metal yeah, and has huge deal. Varg on the front cover. Which which I again I, I don't think that ever would have happened if it wasn't for the church burnings, because that was a big story. In Norway, Kerrang is British based, right? Yep. So it's so pretty this, close. They're making news across Europe because this is some crazy shit. I mean that that Hadn't really happened in rock music before. I mean, punk created some hysteria, but the worst thing they ever did was fucking swear on TV and make a bunch of red-faced British oaks yeah. kick their fucking tellies in. Make a bunch of dirty rotters upset. Yeah. What a now, fucking raw. Uh, for the, for this, the timeline, so when Faust murdered that guy, they didn't know who the hell did it. They yeah. had no information. It seems that the police back then were, especially in Europe, pretty stupid i, I mean it really it was just like how do they not not have like dna testing back then i i don't know um i mean because it sounded like you know foss like stabbed them up real good it's like, tell me you couldn't get times. any fingerprints on that guy yeah i guess not they, i don't they know they probably maybe could get fingerprints oh. i'd say not only maybe the police were dumber but people were less dumb aka they weren't on social media they didn't have phones that tracked them yeah that's they, they didn't know time. about they didn't know about true crime podcasts i mean would they have out, had so. would they have had his fingerprints on file probably not i mean they don't yeah, just have everyone's fingerprints right because he was from you know not yeah he was from bergen yeah i mean even in Oslo, Faust, even, no. even now they don't just oh have not foss i'm sorry i was thinking of fucking even Faust. now they don't just keep in america people's fingerprints on file unless you give them an excuse to take your fingerprints which there's plenty of opportunities to do that don't do it folks don't they do have it already. but i think this is when the the problems between Varg and Euronymous really boil. Yeah, this is speaking of stupid things. Uh, they're they're basically fighting over who is the 
boss of the black metal scene. It sounds like now if Kerrang was this year, I would imagine Euronymous was jealous of that. Yeah. Him being on the cover. Absolutely. I mean, and like think about it, like his band hadn't hasn't doesn't have doesn't have a fucking record out yet still. That would piss like, me off. I've been in that position. Piss me he off. He is like maybe getting some heat from this church burning stuff because people may be, you know, kind of an Cops are investigating because of other stuff that are that is like happening though he with was only him he, and other people. And he was only involved in one of them. But at the same time, I imagine there's a contradiction in his head. He wanted to be the most evil satanic guy. Yeah. And be the boss, but his disciples are being more evil than him. Can't let that happen. A little bit of a conundrum there. Now, what is? I'm trying to think of notable stuff in '90. What, what, what's good with Dark Throne? When's that first record? Was so, Blaze in Northern uh, Blaze in Northern year? Sky is '92. Okay, that is when they they are starting to become black metal. But I think if you listen to that record. It has the like the Celtic Frost kind of thing. It's got it like that like that, yeah. it's still primitive black metal in a sense. The production sounds better on that one too than yeah. Trans- like, Transylvania Hunger is yeah, that the ninety three yeah, and under a funeral moon. So everything, yeah. but yeah. I th- well, it's because they were going to record uh, what it what it, it became the Goat Lord session. They were going to co- record that, and then they were like in rehearsing for it, and then. That is when they were like, you know what? Let's try and do this black. Let's do a little black metal thing. Yeah, by let's put the, some funk on this. So musically, this band is like a crucial black metal band. It's one of the main pe- bands people will mention when they talk about black metal. In terms of the yeah. fucked up stories about the scene, you don't hear about those guys very much because, by most accounts I've heard, they were just some drunk dudes who hung out in the hell that shop. Some drunk racist guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's about it. They were not deep into this idea of being satanic or whatever they they i don't know they like to drink that's about what i've heard i think they were they were pretty invested in like saying racist things too i think i mean i mean yeah it's on the record um on uh yeah because i think they were on um what's the uh peaceful. the british record peaceful yes yes oddly um, enough the crust now label from the uk another maybe a band uh nor another norwegian band uh satiricon they their Love first them. album comes out in '93, Dark Medieval Times. Speaking of loots, one of my favorite album titles of all time. Yeah, absolutely hilarious. Great record though, really good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I've been listening to a bunch. Like, imagine if you went to like a Medieval Times and they're like, "It's dark. This it's very dark, and this food will give you diarrhea." Like, like more diarrhea yeah. than normal. Is it medieval Times just in fucking Wisconsin? No, it's just throughout the Midwest. It's like in Vegas. I, I think, think I went in Canada. I remember I went to Canada really? once to go to it. Or maybe it was Florida. I can't For folks who don't know, it's a restaurant where they have like jousting and shit. Yeah, have you ever seen if you ever seen the cable guy, that's the that's where they go to in the cable oh, shit. guy with yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Jim, <laughs> Jim Carrey. Well it's it's no rainforest cafe, but that's neither here nor there. It's no Ponderosa steakhouse, but it's <laughs> <laughs> Steakhouse and all you can eat buffet. Jesus. I Whew. love that shit. But um, the grim Carpathian yeah. Mountains, Car- <laughs> got Carpathian Forest. I mean, you got like, I mean, uh, Emperor was definitely a, was around at this time. Um, the LP isn't until a year later, right? The LP isn't until a year later. But you know, again, you have two Burzum releases, Ask, and then later in the year, Det Som and Gangvar. Yeah, which is probably my favorite black metal album. That Som and Gangvar. Immortal has the pure Holocaust. Yep. LP. Yeah, brutal, brutal black metal record. Um, I'm trying to think. Dark Funeral's a little later, right, from Sweden? A tiny bit. I think it's a tiny bit later. It's like mid-90s, I think. Yeah. 
but yeah, a lot of again, this is kind of it's a roll, by, it's, by we're getting time, to a rolling boil now. We, we, we by the time you get to 1993, we can't like list all the notable ones because this is when, with the church burnings becoming news and with the Kerrang article, and with particularly the Scandinavian press freaking the fuck out, like this style of music started to spread all over Europe, even as far as yep. Eastern Europe, and even fucking interesting one that I learned about. Uh, somewhere in the early '90s, Mayhem played in Turkey, and I believe the first oh, Turkish, yeah. the first Turkish black metal record started coming out around 1993. That makes sense, you know. Another place you might not think of, as far as black metal is concerned, uh, England. I was going to say Cradle Filth. Yeah, Cradle yeah. of Filth. I didn't know they were around that early, but they were. Yeah. Are their early records good? I haven't listened to them. Dude, the Principle of Evil made Flash. Sick record. I'm totally willing to believe it. I could tell they're competent, and that's early Dusk and on. Her Embrace, also good. Cruelty and the Beast, eh, it's okay. It's pretty well, good. I mean, after that, eh, you don't need to listen to it. I would think that would be better because, I mean, they didn't have, like, the ballerina doing the keyboard lines, right? By that point. No, at that point, no. Or, at that point, no. Principle of Evil Made Flesh is, like, really fast, too. Like, it's heavy. Um, I mean, uh, with... I, I missed it with... Uh, the band uh, Order from Chaos, their still album Still Birth Machine came out in '92, so that's some more American stuff. But yeah, like again, Rolling Boil. I got. I mean, if we're talking about stuff that Death Like Silence put out, there's a couple things. Abruptum, they put out that. They're one of their releases. A couple of their releases. Yeah, that thing is fucked up. That is fucked up and stupid sounding. I hate it. I believe Euronymous said that was like his favorite thing he put out. He said that their album was the pure epitome of darkness and evil. It's very, <laughs> it doesn't really sound like music. Yeah, Abruptum. I would say they were they were the, uh, you know they were the anybody killer blaze your dead homie of the death like silence label something like that except that it it's not even really recognizable as metal music it's very avant-garde but yeah it's almost like noise it's it's a noise record basically but with instruments which is about as pleasant as it sounds and maybe a couple parlor tricks some parlor tricks oh uh, yeah that's so but, many uh, and gang var is my personal favorite that record i one thing i would say is noticeable about it musically is it's heavy on what would later become known as Dungeon Synth, which existed as a style back yeah. then, but they didn't call it that yet. There are whole tracks that are just uh, Varg doing spooky stuff with synthesizers, uh, and it all works really well on that record, in my opinion. Also a big... Uh, I think me and Tyler... No, we were listening to this one yesterday, right? Yeah. And it, I think we both noticed there's a... you can. Uh, there's also a very clear... Still hear the Celtic Frost coming through. You can still kind yeah. of hear him. Yeah, a But, bit. like, some of the stuff you hear... Like what you would hear on like maybe even the, like the stuff just a little bit later, like the one track where it just like it's like just guitars playing for like straight up two minutes, yeah. Then yeah. like the drums come in, yeah. like that to me is very like pre like philosophem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's setting the stage for the record, the sort of breakthrough record. Uh, Psy with their Scorn of the Feet record from that came out in '93, I believe. Yeah, too. it's a Japanese band uh, that Euronymous had come into contact with. Um, that is a very weird band, and I, we're already starting to get these like weird. They have like piano and like I think like violins and like stuff like that. So we're already like, it's crazy how in such a short amount of time and in like crazy weird places that like again, that isn't Norway. Um, we're getting these like really experimental things. This is why black metal to me is my favorite metal genre, is because it is like so broad sonically. 
versus like death metal it kind of doesn't really work right because you can be like a like a like a black metal band but like also like not be heavy yeah whereas if you're like a death metal band and you like kind of don't want to be heavy it's just like bad it's like what are you gonna hit me with an axe that's made of a plushie or like you're gonna do a nice like you're gonna write a nice little death metal ballad for me what are you gonna pile drive me into bed to go to sleep yeah onto a pillow full of feathers <laughs> and a nice heated nice, like Christ. an electric blanket <laughs> yeah. you gonna have some warm milk for me <laughs> to put me to, out yeah I, I hope you like electricity in your electric blanket and it plugs it in <laughs> yeah that, that no like melodic because like you gotta think about this too like what's going on at this time like at the gates and shit like that i bet they at the fucking gates and hated flams. that shit oh yeah they're probably like oh this is sweatpant hoodie metal i do not carcass, like it you know carcass they were doing their hoodie model at that point absolutely you know sound oh you sound the hoodies for 60 quid fuck off fuck off so around now, before we get into uh, uh, timeline-wise, I did want to mention Absurd Murders, I believe, are in, like, April or May or something like that of, like, 93. So this is prior to... Uh, Euronymous Murders. And again, prior the, to the, this had, Absurd is a German band that had been playing, like, neo-Nazi oi music. But I think around the time of them murdering that guy, they started to associate with the black metal scene yeah. and play black metal. Started to like, go into it. They bought um, into that, oh, th- these fellas are evil hype. We, they are, that is not a very good band, but I did remember hearing, listening to, like, there is like one good song. Yeah, about, I, like, I know which one you're talking about. I am a bandit in the woods. We are going to rob you and kill you. Um, yeah, in, mostly bad though. Not worth, like genuinely, not worth listening to. Like, but, for, I mean, it is weird for being a sketchy band and they, like, suck. Like, they suck. Well, that's, like, most su- weird. sketchy bands that suck. But also, a lot of the original members, like, weren't even in the band past, like, the 90s. So, it's, like, doesn't even matter. Like, that Mobus guy. Hen- Morbius? Morbius. Uh, Henrik Mobus. Yeah, I like Morpheus instead. I like Henrik Chorbus. Henrik Chorbus. So, 93, we have... And uh, a big thing is that also that I think... Varg was again doing his evil shtick. They're all trying to be evil, and let's be honest, the guy who's the most evil, technically Faust, he fucking murdered someone. He murdered a random guy. Yeah. Now, Varg, I think was I think that did bother him. He's like, I want to be evil, as evil as I can, you know. Yeah. And because he talks about like how Euronymous was like annoying. Oh, he's a lot of uh, different things. He was like about a him. communist. I he, remember he claimed, being a big thing. He, he claims to have found like shit covered dildos that belonged to Euronymous. Yeah. And that he was gay. He's a homophobe. I killed him because of his homo. I was, he's a gay man. I, like, the, yeah, the homo, the communism thing is interesting because what he's referring to the, the basis of that in reality is Euronymous was obsessed with communist dictators from the 20th century but not because uh, he w- did not follow the immortal science of Marxism-Leninism. He liked those guys no. because they killed a lot of people. He was a fan of Pol Pot. Um, he was into some obscure ones, too. He liked uh, Enver Hoxha of Albania. He was like the last man standing from that generation. Uh, I think he died late 80s. Co- um, communism fell in Albania a little later than the USSR fell, if I recall correctly. Do you think, uh, do you think he liked Papa Doc? from Haiti that's a good question I don't know if he was aware of him 
Probably uh, not. Up there in Norway. If he was, he would have liked them. Uh, he liked Kachesko of Romania a lot. You know, deep cuts who were sometimes the yeah. more brutal guys. I mean, if like, you're standing G- Pol Pot. Khan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, certainly they had an interest in Genghis Khan. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's what Varga is referring to. Euronymous was not like a socialist or whatever. Right. He just yeah. thought he liked Stalin because that was edgy. To yeah. Trying to act like he's like a fucking like a Latin guy or something. No, that's no, funny. No. Well, it's it's kind of like when the, with the band, the Stalin. They're like, yeah, we decide like w- people hate Stalin here. Let's call ourselves that because people will be annoyed by it and like bothered. Because people want to have confrontation with us, you know, in Japan, why. and so the dissection start around the same time, probably right. I think around because I, I know on the Satanism tip, they joined a uh, theistic Satanist order in Sweden that actually did murder a guy. Yeah, because John Nosvet or whatever. Yeah, he got, did it. Right, he went to jail for like accessory to murder. So, it, along with the spread of this musical style, there are here and there instances of people getting into like very real like occultism and specifically branches of occultism that involve like dangerous shit and advocate for dangerous shit oh yeah a real and uh i mean i have some other i have some other things that i wanted to bring up uh i mean prior to this metal had already attracted a lot of like negative attention because in the 80s there was the big satanic panic in the u.s i don't didn't really didn't seem to happen most in Scandinavia, at least. No, in, um, in, in Scandinavia, people are less prone to being hysterical than they are yeah. here. They they, they have an e- they have an ethos of like keep your head down, get along to get along, mind your own business. Takes a lot to get them to have a panic of some kind. Yeah. So, couple ones that I wanted to bring up from the eighties: uh, the suicide solution situation with Ozzy Osbourne. Yep. Um, that was probably that was a big little little to do for a good old uh, the Which, Lord of Dark, the Prince of Darkness. Well, it is really, it is funny too, because if you actually like read the lyrics to that song, it is, it's, it's pretty clear what it's like, like an anti, like uh drinking song. Yeah. But they were trying to be like, oh, he wants to listen to, he wants the, the, the youth to kill themselves and serve Satan in hell or like some bullshit. Yeah. Then we got the Jewish priest suicide and suicide attempt, which was which lethal. later turned into a eventual. I yeah. think the kid died. Yeah, after being horribly disfigured. It's a dark story, but I, I don't think Rob Halford was spreading submersive Sub- subversive messages yeah. to try and or subliminal messages. What else? I don't think so. Um, Kurt Strubing, the guitar main main guy behind the band NME, oh. he murdered his mother. In 1986, and their album Unholy Death, great record, yes. kind of a big influence on some of the more thrashier black metal bands, because um, that came, that was pretty early on. It was like January of 86 or something that came out. I believe Euronymous was a fan of that record. Uh, another band that was a fan of the record had been Abigail. Um, they actually have an album called Un- Ultimate Unholy Death. That's a great record. Um, very similar to, very similar album art, too. Uh that is interesting. He was like on drugs and he thought his mother, he was a robot and he wanted to see if his mother was a robot too. So what do we like pull all our wires out? And... Pulled our wires out. Nope. They're all veins. Oh, those are veins. Oops. Oops. Uh, another... oh, wait, didn't he, and didn't he like kill himself in some, like he like drove his car off like a cliff or some shit? Yeah, he like fell off a cliff driving it. Right? It's very, it seemed really funny. Like he just. Do you think like he, yeah, he was like. Was that on purpose? I don't know. 
He like fell like do you think he fell off like Wiley e. Coyote like when he falls off a cliff and there's like a big dust dust cloud that kicked up when he like hit the ground and... Maybe, well I think he was in a car oh damn so man. I don't know I don't think it exploded either um <laughs> now Fuck. not metal but the singer of Fang oh murdered his girlfriend murdered his girlfriend yeah. And and all the, yeah, and all these things, it it it's like a feedback loop where the media and this I'm talking about this is all in a U.S. context, but you could apply it with the church burnings and the Faust murder in in Scandinavia. The media, this is all good, you know, stuff. The it, it, good headlines grabs attention, good to publish. But when you do that, uh, fucked up people read it and they think it's cool and they want to get involved in whatever scene lets them do this. The same thing happened with the punk scene. You know, the, you have a couple incidences of a guy spitting on stage. You know, Johnny Rotten was kind of sickly and he would hawk loogies on stage sometimes. Media turns that into Johnny Rotten spits on the audience. Next thing you know, less than a year later, you can't play in a punk band in London without a shitload of people spitting on you. Yeah. Because they read, heard the news story about how people spit on each other at punk shows and they're a bunch of fucked up people who want to be gross. Same skinhead scene, similar thing. Uh, it and, and even now, fucking with QAnon or whatever. This is the problem with uh, commercial news media, I guess. One last thing that is mildly related in a sense. West Memphis 3 murder. They were wrongfully accused, correct? Yes. But they were all like devil worshipping supposedly devil they like slayer i think yeah. that was the, the, yeah the yeah mo- basically why i think they they got accused yeah. so i think that was like that was in like may or like you know mid of the year 93 so that's like again a big to do like and i'm that was a huge like story and that's in texas now scandinavia no, it was arkansas oh arkansas Close. um oh yeah west memphis yeah yeah uh it, Scandinavia, like, again, less prone to hysteria, but I think those countries, I haven't checked statistics on this, especially back then, more people going to church than you would expect. It's mm-hmm. just the Christianity is a little different than here. They don't have, I don't think, Norwegian mega churches and shit. It's more so just like, this is a nice thing I've always done, so I'm going to go do it. Yeah. And uh, these guys were talking about said, no, I guess. I don't um, like that. Yeah. It is no good. So August, I believe, 10th, 1993, Varg goes to, travels to Oslo from Bergen in a car. He has a friend. It's Hellhammer's with him. No, not Hellhammer. It's um another member of uh, someone who had joined Fromm's, Rook, or whatever her name. Some guy who had joined Mayhem. Now, when when was their album recorded? That was before this, right? I think it all been done by that time. So, that so the, uh, Mayhem's debut album, like full length, "De Mysterious Dom Satanas," with their then new vocalist uh, Attila, had been recorded by this point with Varg playing bass. As yes. a, uh, basically what happened, to my understanding, Euronymous couldn't keep a steady lineup of a band together, so he recruited effectively session musicians for the most part. Like it was him and the drummer were the main guys you know, the main guys and then he got whoever else he knew to play bass or and guitar which in this case included varg on the bass yeah and attila uh and of the band uh tormentor from what is it Czechoslovakia or something like that fucking i don't know but from what i'm reading uh, what i can tell because there's like some i don't understand the whole story of i mean the not the whole story with the murder it seems that varg just kind of straight up murdered Euronymous. 
Yeah, you know, he, he he claims there was a struggle and Euronymous had a stun gun. There's other people in the scene who say there's truth to the idea that Euronymous wanted to kill Varg. And I'm willing to believe that he was plotting to do that. Um, I it's think, possible. I think I Varg guess. probably jumped the gun and there were other ways to handle this. I'm not saying it's right to do. But from what I know about Euronymous's character and given the situation at the time, I, I'm willing to believe that he wanted to kill Varg or would have tried to. Like, I'm willing to believe that. Uh, doesn't make it okay that he went there and just stabbed Euronymous 23 times or whatever with a fucking knife. Stabbed him with a knife. The man with the knife. Varg Vikernis. <laughs> the knife man. The knife the man. Knife man. He shot the knife. I mean, and- uh, it is... It's kind of wasn't Varg doing some stupid shit where he's like, oh yeah, like like him trying to play it off like self defense, but then also being like, yes, I had to try so hard to pull the knife out of his skull. Oh yeah, he's given a few different stories on this. He gives different stories. His by the way, his claim on the church burnings because remember he went and told a reporter that he did it. The police that just took them some time to investigate and prove it. He later said or almost immediately started saying like. I didn't actually do it. I just told the reporter that for publicity. So uh-huh. that's two different stories on the church burnings, too. Um, regardless, yeah, he basically went to that dude's house and stabbed the shit out of him and killed him. And that's what yeah. happened. Yeah, because um, the his, his accomplice, the guy that was with him, um, he got arrested and he like kind of like blabbed on him. Yes. But I and Varric seems seemed in the Lords of Chaos book seemed to be bothered by that. But I, I think the guy put it pretty uh, succinctly in that like, dude, you left your contract that you signed that night. Yeah. And your fingerprints were in blood and stuff like that. And it's like also there was like heat on you already and you were like connected. I mean, it's like obviously like. It would have maybe taken him a little while, but, like, I think they would have been able to like, figure something out, you know? Like, there was the ATM thing. Like, he tried to give someone his ATM card, so he had, like, an like alibi. Like rental. Yeah. yeah, there was no alibi, though. Yeah, the movie they, rental thing. They they busted him for it pretty much immediately and uh, also charged him with multiple counts of arson and also found a bunch of illegal explosives at his house. He was going to use those to blow up the Blitz squat in Oslo, which is a like anarcho-communist squat, kind of affiliated with the punk scene there, actually. Yeah, you were uh, you brought that. You told, said that to us. I didn't know about that. Yes, yeah, that squat goes back to the '80s, and so that that's an indicator that Varg was already kind of on his. Now, now also worth noting, he was mainly known as Count Grishnok at that point. That was a name from Lord of the Rings. He had borrowed uh, the Count imagery is sort of meant, you know, like the sadistic aristocrat who. This is a big thing in kind of some of these ideologies. Hey. Like, you're an aristocrat. You're above the laws of the world. You can do whatever you want. Uh, as we saw, that was not necessarily the case here because he went to fucking prison. But uh, around this time, it given the, that he planned to blow that place up, I would reasonably assume that Varg's uh, sort of open embrace of the far right had maybe started. I know by the time he was in prison, that was in full swing, and he became a pretty big figure on the Scandinavian far right. But... Yeah, he, 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 that murder blew up all the other crimes. But then, of course, the murder's big news, too, and the police are trying to tell them, like, the media, like, look, like, it's not a huge satanic thing. Like, it's just this one kind of fucked up kid. But by the time they're telling him that, that's almost not really true because there's copycat arsons in Sweden. Yeah, you, We're up to a couple, three murders now, and it, it was already completely out of hand by that point. 
and the music came with that. And um, yeah, I know Euronymous's family requested that Varg's bass playing not be included on the Mayhem album. Uh, Hellhammer lied to them and said they were going to take it out, but they didn't. Uh, he was going to. I will re-record it myself. Not. They did not do that. Uh, I can't. I, I do not know how to play bass. Unsurprisingly, they couldn't resist having an album where the bass player killed the guitar player. I mean, th- yeah. think about these guys, of course. They probably were like, yeah, that's cool. And yeah, that's it. I mean, that's the... I I, I think that's a good a- way to end the second wave because yeah. you have a figurehead, two figureheads of the scene that influence it in two different ways, but sometimes similar ways in a sense, gone now. Like, the Helvet shop, shop was done. Like... Burzum could no longer necessarily put out records anymore because he wasn't recording anything because he's in prison. Although he recorded a lot, and the, his sort of what many people consider his definitive record, uh, Philosophem, didn't come out till '96 when he was like in jail or about to go yeah. to jail because uh, he recorded all this stuff at once. Uh, that album is probably the most like typical black metal record of his. Yeah, um, recorded using like his brother's stereo instead of guitar guitar amp. He made it sound as bad as possible, but. Yeah, from there, though, those guys were gone, but the scene had sort of moved beyond that anyway. Like, you had bands all yep. over the world aping this style. Between, I think it was 50 church burnings from 92 to 98. Now, apparently, even in Russia, there were a few church burnings, and the perpetrators said they were inspired by the specifically the Norwegian black metal scene. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, you know, ninety. so, like, by 94, you have, you know, Dark Thunder put out four records, you know, Emperor puts out their first record. You know, Satyricon had a couple records out. You know, uh, Cradle of Filth had their first album out. Like, f- finally, the Mayhem LP drops. Finally, the Mayhem, Mayhem LP drops. And, you know, it's by this, t- by like 95 and 96, that is when, like, it could be said that it kind of goes like the commercial route in a sense that like starting to starting to do that starting to yeah but by like Euronymous standards i guess it would be yeah it's uh quite an interesting journey you know yeah and uh varg vikerns uh was then you know he got a nazi haircut and became a sort of open neo-nazi adopted some sort of idiosyncratic far-right views uh he put out this he started corresponding with like neo-nazis in norway and uh, there were some guys who tried to break him out of prison or something. They failed. But I tried reading his book that he published at that point in 97. Uh, it's unreadable gibberish. Uh, one thing that's really funny is it's like a couple paragraphs of generic racist pagan stuff about how Christianity is bad because it's Jewish and racial hygiene and shit. And then a uh, uh, paragraph with the heading the hidden betrayal and then it's a paragraph about how modern medicine is bad and so is using deodorant because you should smell natural um so that'll give you an idea of uh, but people loved him he, he became a sort of uh norwegian charles manson figure for people in that milieu i think he's onto something there with the deodorant thing yeah i don't really use deodorant at all i don't use either I don't but either. I, I, sh- I, I will use a nice amount here's the thing for folks in case you're afraid to get near me uh, specifically I will use it if I'm in like social settings and I know I'm gonna like be in a room or something like that. Me, I I hand out clothespins <laughs> for people who don't want want that smell in their nose. Well, you because you if you go to a show, you always have a clothespin just be just in case. Just be, I mean, especially if it's for like yourself, a metal show. You're like, 
Because, like, yeah, there's, like, chances are that a good, like, you know, like, probably three, four-fifths of the people are going to be, like, you know, stinking up the joint, something fierce. <laughs> yeah. And it gets to a point where it's like a feedback I mean, stink. I, I can't keep vomiting into my mouth and I'm trying to, like, listen to a live band play. Or, like, you know, having a conversation with a friend. Hey, those... <laughs> Yeah, it's like you just Those. get like a like a like a like that cheese, that harsh cheese smell. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, it ain't good. And I mean, I'm sure Varg is very familiar with that smell, because um, that's you know he was in jail, prison for what was it for 21 years? Or I think he a, only served 14. Jeez, Faust only did nine. I mean, I so. mean, good, you know, good on him for you know getting caught for murdering somebody and only serving fourteen years. But hey, the they maximum, haven't. The maximum sentence in Norway is twenty one years. Twenty one. But hey, crazy. they haven't murdered since. So no, he's been just making his uh, RPGs and doing his thing. He was he was making more trouble in prison because he was like leading a neo Nazi group from prison and like publishing his fucked up newsletters where he talks about. The Aryan UFOs, and I can't even get into all the shit that guy believes. But the, uh, I, you know, he's yeah. been—he's caused less trouble since he got out. Probably, they probably told him, "It's like, oh, if you come back, like we're not going to let you play Dungeons and Dragons anymore." No, yeah. but I think we should end it here. We don't want to go too too long. Yeah, my my big takeaway, real quick, is I I think this, as we've outlined, this style of music and this movement built over the course of a couple decades. Uh, and led to a very real outbreak of black magic and evil in the real world. So uh, Varg didn't get everything he wanted, but he got a little piece of it. He inspired people to burn down churches and do bad things. Uh, same with Euronymous. and But that took a few decades to build up. So like I said in the beginning, I, on some level, the church ladies were right. Not about the specifics, but about the idea that heavy metal music and rock and roll could lead to a real outbreak of satanic evil right here in... Uh, Right here in Midgard, here in the material world. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's pretty crazy. Tim, what do you any uh final thoughts? Um I think you guys have put it pretty pretty succinct succinctly or whatever the could, word is. Could you could you briefly, Tim, share your thoughts on the characters in the Lords of Chaos book and what you thought of them? Because we talked about that a little and that was pretty good. Um yeah, I mean I just really I I think the thing I hate about them most is that they're like European or something. Oh yeah, no. I mean, Hellhammer being like the, being talked about, like Euronymous was like, do you feel bad about him? Yeah, it's like, like the, uh, he was a really good friend of mine, but he was a communist, so I uh, hate him. And actually, I mean, even though I knew him for years, like his death did not. I mean, I did feel I felt nothing. I still feel nothing. I do not care. I sleep ten hours a day, and that does not. It actually, this you bringing it up now is only the second time it's ever crossed my mind. <laughs> I'm more bothered that you even asked me it than I am about but, it happening. But I don't know if there is anybody who is like actually more like uh, autistic than Varg. No, no, because no his shit really is just like, man, this somebody should they should have told him it's like, hey, you you need to stop being yourself. Well, he's like a narcissist or something too. I, th I think. I think you. Brought up a good point the other day, Jake, when he said it's like really is like outsider music, like Burrism. Well, that's why it's like, the best. Shit. It doesn't sound like other black metal. Like yeah, the guy's sick in the fucking head, probably incurably, and he did it all yeah. by himself. Burrism is for sure outsider music. I don't know about anything else though. But um, I think I think if he had not had a connection, 
he would have just been like a. It would have been like one of those things where it's like, oh, look at this cool thing. He probably oh, totally. would have done a couple things and then just. You yeah, know. if the rest of the black metal scene didn't exist, I think he probably would have still made similar music, and it just would have been, you know, at, to this day, all metal music would sound like either Cannibal Corpse or fucking Motley Crue, and there would be yeah. this one weird Burzum thing that there's five copies of each tape, and maybe it'd end up on YouTube. Yeah, it'd be his own grousome kite. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, thanks for listening, folks. We appreciate this, especially on a long episode like this. We hope you enjoyed it, us dipping our toes into some more unfamiliar territory. I'm very familiar. I think we're all very pretty familiar with black metal, but um, something that's not traditionally what we would talk about, but something that's very interesting. Um, And the next episodes we got, we are going to go back to punk. We're going back punk music. Yeah, I think we're going to, we'll talk about the details off mic, but I think we're, we might explore Scandinavia a little bit more because uh, maybe give a little bit more of a flattering portrayal of some of the people there. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. They aren't, they aren't all like this. They're definitely not all like this. Now, metalheads, you're talking about about 60%, but uh, there's a few Venn diagrams here. You're talking about eight-tenths of them, about. So. Eight-tenths of a 60%, you know, circle there. You're talking you about know. a whole pie chart with just 100% of it <laughs> says metalheads being dumb. Yeah, like Bjork would never not care that her friend got stabbed 23 times, I don't think. No, but, uh, she would. I love my she, Yeah, she would probably also be like, I it it did nothing to me. I do not. <laughs> no, I, she would not. I There's had no way. a. No. I, uh, I battled. I must fight off the Grinch every day. I do not have time for this. It's a good point. She did. I, uh, I drank the Grinch a, and Ricardo Lopez yeah. and reporters in Thailand. I I drank a whole bottle British of people. of uh, of Jagger. of absinthe. <laughs> I do it every day. Yeah, that was another thing that was funny about that documentary in Iceland. And they're like, and God. Damn, they are all alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like talking about it like, yeah, this is fairy tale land. Uh, it's a land of fairy tales. <laughs> also, they are drunk. Oh. They get really drunk. Of fairy tales and, you know, if, cotton candy and such things. If and, you go over for a party and there's alcohol, you won't leave until it's all gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's... Well, I thought Americans were fall. bad. But, uh, well, if you liked us... Like, comment, subscribe, do all that. Rate us five stars on Spotify. Leave us a review on, you know, you know, one of the fucking places. iTunes. I don't <laughs> Leave buy us a, a review sticker. On our we parlor. got stickers for sale now. Yes, please. I would like to make some of my money back. Um, <laughs> Kingspunkpod.com, all those good places. Hit and us up on Parlor. Yep. Rumble. <laughs> run Rum. Neopets. Grinder. Yeah, I'm on RuneScape. Vampirefreaks.com. Yeah, fuck the mainstream.com. <laughs> All right. See you guys.